The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Have you ever been listening to NPR and thought to yourself, gosh, I love the human interest aspect, the dulcet voices of the hosts, the promise of totes, but I just hate how true it all is. That's where we come in. It's This American Lie, an hour of improvised NPR. We're a lot like that other show, but we make it all up in front of a live audience every second Saturday at the Nerdist School stage. Find show and ticket information at NerdistSchool.com or catch the podcast on the Nerdist School Network. Search for us on iTunes. The Navis and Frank present a comic book podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special edition of the Nerdist School Network's conglomeration of shows all coming together. That's right. It is an epic crossover, one of many this year. Uh, I'm Amanda. I am the novice from The Novice and Frank. I'm Frank from the Frank. From Uh, from the Frank of The Novice and Frank. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Sure. Joined from two other magnificent podcasts uh, with us here today, we have... Uh, I'm Cameron Dexter from Tim Talk. And I'm Chris Lord, also from Tim Talk. And I'm Trevor Reese from the podcast of Two Worlds. And I am also Trevor. No, I'm Chris Fimbres from the podcast of Two Worlds. Yeah, and uh, we are here to discuss Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with the soundtrack. Or wait, we can discuss that too. Plenty to discuss there. Or uh, the multitudes of, of issues of, of, about the story. But that's what we're here to talk about. Um, we've had a request uh, because uh, Frank and I, if you guys don't listen to our podcast, that's totally fine. Uh, we do this weird, fun little thing to start it off, which is that we do an improvised theme song. Um, so we've got a, a, a practically a band here today. Mm-hmm. So our standards are pre- set pretty high. Oh, so let's, yeah. let's do an improvised theme song. And we have LaRue. You can hear, if you hear very carefully, you can hear LaRue Bulletproof playing in the background, too. <laughs> that's right. So uh, that's let's... That's my contribution. That's right. the song. Yes. You're still expected to sing. So <laughs> we're going to do uh, a very quick little uh, improvised yeah. uh, crossover theme song. Leaning heavily on Chris Lord. Yes, this is my favorite part. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Doing the David Hasselhoff part. That, that's right. <laughs> oh, that would be fine. I can do that. Guardian of the galaxy. Bunch of assholes. Surrounding me. Volume 2. I am a living tree. My daddy's a planet. We're gonna face it all. We're gonna talk about it on this epic crossover podcast. Star in Tim Talk, the podcast of two worlds and the novice. And Frank, wrap us up, Cameron. Yes. Way to take us home. Yeah. <laughs> no, home you know, here. I do what I can here. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. Well, all right. So I guess we want to start off. What was everybody's uh, hopes for this film? Uh, we all liked the first film. Hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Did, you, uh, did you have any expectations of what you wanted to see in this film? I mean, I was just uh, I was just stoked on it after the trailers. Like, I mean, and I have, this solidifies my, like, faith in James Gunn because I've always been a fan of his. So I, I, I didn't know if I had, like, story expectations i was just had high expectations for like this is gonna be a good experience yeah i mean uh between guardians one and two we've obviously had deadpool come out and i was a little worried that like not giving it that r was gonna or like they're they're kind of 
going to maybe fight for that R to make it more like Deadpool, but I'm glad they kind of stuck to the original Guardians kind of humor and format. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was excited to go in, and I was even more excited when we left. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted it to be uh, a fun ride, and I think for the most part it was. <laughs> I, I, did, I, did, I, I think I needed to see it a second time to really get a solid opinion on it. It was a little slow points, but overall, like, it was fun. The music was great. It was funny. So, yeah, I mean, it was you know, basically what I was looking for. So. Yeah, uh, for me going into it, I just really wanted to feel things because that's one thing that the first movie really did was I, I cried at the beginning of the first one, and then I laughed my ass, and then at the end I felt like, okay, these guys are a team. I felt stronger. And so I just really wanted to kind of get taken on another one of those rides. Well, certainly this one only takes place a couple months after the last film. So in terms of forming a team, they're still not really a team yet. Did you like the idea that we're still kind of seeing them coming together and gelling? Or would you rather have been, like, we kind of almost joined them back in real time? So several years have passed and they kind of really have formed a I unit. I thought it was better that way because I think that the dynamic in the first one worked. So I think if we walked back into an entirely new team dynamic, then it kind of would have been a little bit of an upset when you're watching it. You're like, well, crap, I've missed, what have I missed? That now they're all super happy, and now these two, you know, Gamora and Gwen are like in super in love, and they've got six babies, and I would have been really a angry if I'd gone, and I think it would have been way, way different, you know? Yeah, and I also kind of loved the, the, the B line of the beginning of the movie where, like, fighting for who's kind of the leader, almost, between Rocket and Star-Lord. Um, yeah, I just kind of love their their banter and that that whole fight scene uh, through the asteroid field was awesome. I think the way they opened was amazing. That fight scene at the beginning with just like Baby Groot. Dan First oh of all, also God, guys, that, yes. Baby that Groot. <laughs> I expected from the top, I because I think a lot of times you get like a real cute little character and they're kind of used. They kind of skate through the movie and it it bothers me. I'm like, oh. so I thought I'd get real tired of Baby Groot. I stand a woman mistaken. Um, he Groot precious. had his own little arc in this movie. He did. He had yeah. like a whole little arc, and they kept bringing things back, and they didn't overuse him. And so I think that that amazing, like the way that that scene, the opening scene was blocked, was amazing. That like he's just kind of dancing, like rolling through. The music was great, and then you got this huge battle going on behind him, and every character featured. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think that was one of the most clever things that. Gun did in this movie it was like starting off with a completely atypical action sequence mm -hmm. and just just letting it be fun and ridiculous for like the first what 10 15 minutes mm -hmm. I, like their dynamic I think makes this work for me and so like I think especially the opening part was the best part well there it, it establishes because this is it's uh, a callback to how the first film opened with mm -hmm. Peter Quill dancing mm -hmm. dancing yep. around and everything and the other thing I noticed because I was watching the beginning again so I'm like alright how does it compare the same little dinosaurs that Groot's fighting are what Peter Quill like is like that the one that are dancing around and he like uses oh. a mic is the same thing god you're right yeah um, and so I'm thinking Thinking like this is how Guardians Three will open as well. We'll get like another dance. Someone will dance, or maybe the whole team will be dancing, and we'll get like a whole dance number. And that's like how the movies will open every time. I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that you works. just keep doing that. Well, because yeah. it doubled down on because the Peter Quill one, like looking back, like it's it's a lot more tame. It's a lot less stylistic than what this one was. And so Gunn definitely upped the ante on how this one opened while still maintaining like the same general idea. Mm. Yeah, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a full Chicago dance number for the next. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. so many jazz hands! Oh man, <laughs> yeah, it's great. What did, what did, what did you think? No, I, I definitely like that. It was uh, it was just a, a really fun way of uh, kind of 
playing with the audience's expectations, like, oh, it's going to be a really super crazy battle scene. And mm -hmm. then, nope, it's just kind of off on the tangents. Yeah. Which I really did like. Yeah. But we've also skipped about uh, one of the coolest parts was seeing Kurt Russell it, with his sweet, sweet, oh my god, yeah, hair. looking Classic good. Yeah, their de aging technology <laughs> just continues to get better. He like, looks good too, though. Yeah, I mean, he still looks incredible. Did, yeah, did mm -hmm. you guys? He and Goldie Hawn got a star, got their stars on the Walk of Fame. How they didn't nice. have them before, I don't right? know. Right, shot photos from yeah. that ceremony. Uh, Big Trouble, Little China alone deserved one. Yeah, the thing. They guys, they oh, they're so in, they're so in love and so cute. So I was uh, listening to an interview that he did, <laughs> and he said compared to uh, like Robert Downey Jr. for some of the uh, the de-aging they did for him, or uh, Michael Douglas, mm. they used less on him because his makeup artist, who's been with him, I think he said like twenty four years. Did a lot of makeup work on them, so they had to use less. They can less. pull. They can use tape to pull you back. <laughs> That's right. They, they, they do, and they pull it underneath the wig. He had a lot of, as, as Kurt said, he has a lot of tricks. He Ooh. had a lot of tricks in his bag. I was really hoping you were going to say that, like, I didn't have to use that much de-aging technology because I just look younger than them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he does. He, he really does. But, it, I mean, he's also been around so long. I'm surprised that they probably just have enough footage, like previous footage, to map on as well. Like, yeah. Kurt Russell's been around for, like, so long. Yeah. It was like, I remember Benjamin Button. People were talking about, like, when you see, like, really young uh, Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt, you're just like, oh my god, like that's what he used to look like. Mm -hmm. Like that's, and he's like this like icon. And Kurt Russell's like the same thing. Like seeing him back with like the feathered hair and everything is like, oh damn, like that's classic Kurt Russell. He's the he's Walt Disney's last words. Yeah, like that's and and seeing him back in his prime was was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hair good. is magnificent. He looked good, oh, guys. Hair so I mean, it still is, till this day. Oh, yeah, yes. it still has amazing <laughs> hair. I also just love that uh, Brandy was a heavily featured song mm -hmm. through the whole movie, because that oh, is one of my favorite songs. It is so good. And just to start off right there, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm I thought, and he kind of had a little Shatner moment in there. I thought he was going to go full on Shatner when the song is playing and he's like, speak singing the words. <laughs> it like walked that line, and I was like, oh my God, what is going to happen? But it worked. I think mm -hmm. it, it like, they pulled it back just enough. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Chris, you br you mentioned the, uh, the brandy. So, real quick side yes. sidebar, which do you prefer, uh, mixtape volume one, mixtape volume two? Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't know because I only have seen volume two once, and I I know I knew more songs I think this time than I did the first time around. Mm. Um, God, I don't know. I'd have to look at them again. There's so many good ones. It looks like the same as. Like the movies almost, like volume one, like the first Guardians, like just zips along. It's just hit, 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 hit. And this one is like a more sophisticated like palette with the music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like because like the backbones are Brandy in terms of like Ego's relationship with um, Peter Quill's mom and then Peter's relationship with Gamora. But then also uh, James Gunn has said The Chain. By Fleetwood Mac, which was used in like the so main good. trailer, oh my used gosh. in this movie again and to great effect. But he said that's also a uh, a strong basis for this film, like thematically with the, uh, the family. Mm -hmm. And so you have like a much more sophisticated musical sound, but it it doesn't have the same zip as like. Um, well, yeah, Jackson Five on Volume One. Yeah, Volume had, One just had like uh, all the high bomb. energy. It was just oh, super, super, super moment. high yeah. energy. Yeah, this is what you make like when you your first mixtape in like college, mm -hmm. when you first like get taste like oh like I'm gonna ruminate about the music. Uh -huh. And the Guardians is what you make like senior year of high school, like fucking get pumped up. Everything's ending. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what a great review.
<laughs> a good summary. Well, even with uh, using like father and son during uh, Yon- what happens with Yandu at the end with the man, I just thought that was really well used. And a little, little Groot, little baby Groot on his knee. There you go. Yeah. Did you relate that. to that? Because you you got a you got a kid. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I put you it dug, right on my knee. Dug real deep. No. <laughs> 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 Frank, do you have a hard time um, with explaining stuff to your daughter? Does she bring stuff like baby Groot? Well, like, luckily she's been out of town for the past few days, so I haven't. Uh, <laughs> so I haven't had to worry about that yet. So we'll see. Where do, where do baby groups come from, Dad? When I have to have that conversation with her, <laughs> well, <laughs> like then you can just show her the first one and be like, "Well, baby Groot came from um, uh, selflessness yeah. and yeah. sacrifice." You sacrificed yourself. You just don't remember. <laughs> you used to be a grown adult yeah. person, but you sacrificed yourself, <laughs> and now you're a child. <laughs> Uh, so we've got our, we made our, our first main bad guys, because of course they're trying to protect these batteries from mm-hmm. this interdimensional monster, and then uh, of course Rocket decides to steal it from them. Uh, in terms of bad guys, how do we like these bad guys here that are for our first, I can't remember their name, because they- The gold ones? The, go- the gold ones. The Sovereigns. Uh, the Sovereigns. Sovereign. Yeah. Sovereign. yeah. Aisha, I think, was the main. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Aisha. Aisha. I thought they were hilarious. Um, I don't, I, honestly, I we'll talk about it, I don't think they're the main villain, obviously, but they are- kind of background villains, them and the Ravagers. Um, and I was worried that they were going to be, like, too, like, robotic and stoic, you know, maybe a little bit too much like Drax. But they were very much human-esque in the way that they reacted and talked to each other. And their whole sequences during the battles and all that, I, they made me laugh a lot. They were funny. I, I was so hit by it. That's not fair with them using all the, like, and then I realized, like, oh, right, drones. But, like, you know, when they're using their, like, VR, their virtual reality fighting things, yeah. I'm just like, that's that's not, I was just hit by this, like, really, the sense of injustice of, like, that they don't actually get destroyed because they're just all remotely, they're, like, phoning it in. I, I love that they, like, they still bully the people because they, they treat it like a video yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. And, like, when they die, like, you suck at this game. Yeah, you suck at this. <laughs> yeah. You're the worst at this. yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah, like w- when they're introduced, you think that maybe yeah, they're going to be like kind of um, like too perfect and kind of bland. Like no, they're super like petty, yeah. all the way through, and just like really high on themselves. And uh, a lot of great moments uh, of humor they use there, just always kind of like knock them down a peg or two, mm-hmm. all the way through. And I I really enjoyed them. Yeah. And there are some awesome uh, 80s shout outs just with the arcade kind of feel of it. Mm-hmm. And then later on with Pac Man coming into play. Oh, oh my God, that was amazing. Yes. I'm going to make some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I felt I also, like an improvised line. There was some amazing one liners in this movie. Mm-hmm. The, the best for me was probably came from Yandu at the end. The Mary Poppins. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was great. <laughs> 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 we we uh, we pick up Yandu in this film. He's basically uh, I just kind of hanging out, kind of after we got like the bait and switch pulled on with him from uh, Peter Quill last movie. But now we've got uh, he's hanging out on our bar world, and we get uh, Sylvester Stallone hanging coming in. Oh, like yeah. I couldn't. Yes. I'm like, what did he say? I had a couple of those moments where I was like, what? Yeah, because he comes out of Starhawk, and I was wondering how they were going to take his costume from the comics mm-hmm. and interpret that into live action. I thought this is a this is a good compromise between the two. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, I liked I liked the look and um I it wasn't cuz we have um at work we have the art book of the Guardians and there's mm-hmm. some art where they were like I think it was before Stallone got cast and they realized oh he's not going to wear a helmet. Yeah. Like they were going like full blown like tr- way traditional in some of the like sketch and some of the concept art. Oh wow. Um but yeah, it was awesome. I I love that and then all the other um Guardian homage characters of the previous um fi- of the previous the original Guardians of the Galaxy from the comic book. Um, Stallone's side team 
I thought they all were really cool adaptations of those characters too. We had a lot of special characters making appearances, right? Howard the Duck, yeah. who I think was voiced by yeah. Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he the, came back. Your, yeah. your boss. Yeah, yeah, one of them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got the uh, the Watchers. Oh, too, in that great cameo. That literally made everything worthwhile for me. Like that blew my <laughs> mind. That is the greatest little Easter egg cutscene Stanley cameo I, I have ever seen. And the fact that there were three Watchers kind of leads me to some uh, connective ideas going on in the future. Well, didn't they confirm that 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 now Stan Lee is the same Stan through all the movies mm-hmm. and that he's like the informant for the Watchers? Yeah, that's what it's meant to, oh, to convey. I yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I read don't, that afterwards. I, I don't know I anything get that from about the, the... I don't know anything about the Watchers. I, I saw it with... Uh, my fiance and he's like, oh, I know who those guys were. He was really excited because mm-hmm. he like knew who they were. And then when at the very end, when the she reveals Adam, mm-hmm. and I was yes. and he leans over and he's like, I know what that is. And I go, <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet. And he's like, Yes. And I was like, I know things. <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited. I don't pass Infinity Gauntlet. I don't know anything. Else. And then did you lose the title of novice over here? Yeah. <laughs> did you start heavily making out the right thing in the movie theater? It's like knowledge is power, and I'm so turned on. No, that's not what happened. Yeah, adults Sorry. just get robot prostitutes. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, little in Yandu's room, those oh. were uh, robot prosties. They they technically are canon in the Marvel universe. You know that now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, obviously Tony Stark's gonna head over there at some point. He's gonna get some sort of space Nookie? STD. <laughs> it's like step your game up, Ultron. <laughs> Robot Do you think Crossy. Ultron would have A, been a more interesting movie, and B, been a more successful villain had he been designed to look like a prostitute bot from this movie? I, I think if you kept James Spader's voice and then made him a prostitute <laughs> yes. bot, yes, that would have made that movie perfect. There are no strings on me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, why don't we dive into Yandu? I mean, what do you guys think? Because after the first film, I was not... He was okay, but he was not necessarily my favorite. But after this film, he was boy, cool in this film. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed. I it. felt that way about a couple of characters mm-hmm. that maybe didn't have the biggest impact on me on the first one, but then got way developed in this one. Like like Taserface. Yeah, uh, yeah, Taser yeah. Face. yeah. No, Nebula, especially. I thought Nebula was Nebula. just like a space Nazi. She was always just like mean and barking at people. Clack, 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 in the first one, I was like, that's a space Nazi if I've ever seen one. But this one, you actually kind of you felt for her. her. Yeah. And and Yondu like. I never really took into consideration how deep the relationship was with him and Quill. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of got where he was going to kill him in front of the men and then kind of let Peter talk him out of it. Like, okay, he wouldn't want to hurt him. Mm -hmm. But this, like, you really got, like, he feels like Peter's his son. Yeah. I uh, can't, were you about to say something, Cameron? No. Okay. I, you you sure, Cameron? Stop pointing sure, at me. Sure. No, sorry. I want to make sure we're not like cutting you off. Cameron? Um, so. <laughs> well, if you insist. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that I was so impressed. I didn't realize um, at the end of volume one, I did have questions about some things, but it wasn't, it, it's not like I was satisfied. Like I was not satisfied at the end of the movie. Like I, I, would, I didn't feel like, well, I'm not going to be able to, I, don't, I have too many questions, but it's like questions I forgot that I had from volume one were answered in volume two. And I feel that they didn't beat you over the head with it. Like, the whole, like, giving... Like, I saw it coming that, that Ego gave his mom the brain tumor. Which is like, <gasps> yes. Okay, wait. 
Kurt Russell. I, maybe I missed something there. Did he explain why he did that? See, this is yes. one of the things I like, though, because it made me think about it. But he did it, I think, because he didn't want the temptation of staying on Earth. So he killed her mm-hmm. so he wouldn't be tempted to stay. He uh, he told him, uh, I, I had visited her three times after I left, and I would have came back a fourth time, and I would have stayed. So mm-hmm. I had to give her the... But I, I kind of like that I had to think about it for yeah. a minute because yeah. I was like, wait, why did he do that? What was his motivation? And then I was like, well, that's that makes it even it was so selfish. Mm-hmm. So awful. Ego. I, I get, uh, totally I ego, guess but yeah. I didn't quite buy that moment. Okay. I don't know. It felt like they needed an excuse for Peter to really turn on him, and that was their justification. I did I did just it's it was a little I don't know. It didn't work for me quite so much. They just felt like they kind of glossed over it. Like, oh, yeah, and I gave your mom a tumor. You didn't see Surprise. that? Surprise! Man, see, I thought, I thought no. it was building. I thought it was building to that. I was like, nope, this planet's too You're awesome. It's too good to be true. He only loves his mother. What's going on? Well, the, the way that I, I didn't think that he'd given it to her, mm. I thought that he might have had like a cure for it and didn't give it to her. Uh, and so that was what was going to cause the rift. Well, at first I thought maybe the cancer was a byproduct of her sleeping with some with like a celestial. Yeah, like it was yeah, like that, too that much for her well. that it was going to be like it was almost like getting like radiation or something. I don't know, guys. But I thought that but I thought for sure he gave it to her. He I'm just saying I'm really smart and intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all I want you guys to know. Yeah, no, but I, th- that and then the relationship. I didn't know that I needed that filler, like the the tie together of the relationship between Quill and um, what's his name? Yandu. Yandu. I didn't realize that uh, I needed that until this movie, and I did need it. It was really nice to f- that moment was really nice when you kind of learn, like why. Just sort of yeah, to like everything in their relationship, and also like his relationship with Rocket. Like I think they yeah. really figured out how to expand his character by making him like this reflection of the other characters. Mm-hmm. But also, Michael Rooker is the only person who can like unironically say like "daddy." And not have it be weird. Like, yeah. he's like, that man may not, uh, that, or like, you may have been your father, father, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah, I was like, that like, was, like, it didn't feel weird or anything. Yeah. I just, like, love that. I love what Michael Rooker brings to his characters. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially with Yondu, like, he just, this, this role felt tailor made to him. And I was glad to kind of see him get, like, a cool send off for his character. Mm-hmm. I think we had, like, just enough of him. I think, like, I loved him. Like, I think he was really great, and it was so sad to see him go, oh. but I think that it needed to, if he'd been around for three, it would have felt weird, like if they'd saved him or well, something. And also, I, even, like, the amount they use him in the movie was uh-huh. good, too, mm-hmm. like, because it felt like you, it's it's sort of, everything was sort of, like, slowly built to and revealed, and then you sort of think about it and go, oh, that's what they were doing. Not, like, in a bad way, like it was missing, but, like, if you if Yonder would have been around a lot more, you would have really had it hit over the head of, like, Peter's two dads. That's right, yeah. And I think they used it, and you just sort of, rev- sort of, see that in the end when you start seeing them interacting and you see that this is sort of going towards like an end game Mm -hmm. for for one of them um i was convinced that uh sean gunn's character was gonna die like just like oh he escaped like he only escaped to be can fodder to be colson'd and be like a, a genesis of like action character and i was convinced that he wasn't gonna make it through he actually became one of my favorite characters in the movie. Like, he was fun in the first one, and I, I wouldn't ever say he was underutilized, but he's, like, perfectly used in this one. He actually got a chance to shine a little bit. Mm. Well, and he's also the motion capture for... Like, he is, like, the other Guardian, because he's the motion capture for Rocket. Yeah. Mm. He's there all the time, but yeah. he actually got to be himself for a lot of this. <laughs> he's really good. He's really good. I like the... I love the the design of the new um, headpiece for... I the thought fin. that those yes. The fin is, like, somewhere there was a... a a designer 
who was like, yes, my idea that didn't get used in volume one, they're using it this time. Like it was a perp, it was such a cool, the design of it was so awesome. It was like a great two point. Well, that's how it looks in the comics. Is on it? Yondu. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wonder why they didn't do it the first time. I, it looks ridiculous. Like if you, if you see Well, the original Yondu's costume is one of those like, this is only okay in comic books. Oh, really? No person should wear this costume. Like, no, this should not be made flesh and blood like <laughs> but because he he looks just like flamboyant space hawkeye like that's his original costume oh so and so he's, his fin is like the same shape but like two three times bigger okay like it's like a giant like shark's fin oh, in the original comic okay. oh damn i just looked it up i mean this is great for an audio medium but yeah this is Oh my God! Yeah. No, it's no. You, you were spot on with the use of the word I flamboyant. I can't, uh, I can't unsee it. I love it. Isn't there a shark guy in one of the things that we read that was like all the Guardians? Isn't there a shark, a guy with it? That's King like Shark sh- in Suicide Squad? Do you think it maybe? No, I tried to block or- that out. I tried to block no, there's like a. We read one that they all go oh. to a space prison, and um, there's like a shark guy there. The, well, I mean, he, this he kind of looks like the Guardian from X Men. And that's our time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, this made me wonder, though, like, in terms of the story, they were kind of filling in some of those cracks, like how much James Gunn had when he was writing the first film. Like, it's like, all right, if this gets a sequel, this is where I'd want to take this. Or how much of it was just after the first one was done? He's like, all right, now where can I take these characters? Mm. I'm really curious just about how he came together to this with these characters and, and the beats in this script because it, it really did a good job of fleshing out those little moments from the first film. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tried not to, I mean, I, I saw it, you know, not long after it came out, but I tried to, n- to not read any reviews or like hear everything I just kept hearing was, it's awesome. The critique I kept hearing was that there was too much going on, that there were like too many, like too many characters. And did you guys find that? Because I actually disagreed. I thought it was all really well handled and I left with very much... Feeling like that's how you do it. Take note, other superhero movies. Like I don't. You, they've introduced all of these characters. They've altered relationships. The relationships are growing. They have you know these villains at the beginning, and then they, but it's not like the real big bad. You've got all of these different people in there. Did you guys find that it was overwhelming or too? No, but I think that that critique is something that's a little bit more unique in superhero films. Yes, Just, especially with something like this, where like every supporting character has some like established comic book history character mm-hmm. like the Ving Rhames char- character like Michelle Yeoh St- Stallone all those characters Yondu a lot of the Ravagers Taserface like all these characters but if like if this was just like an action film just like an original film I don't think that complaint would be there necessarily because it's just these are just people filling these roles and I think because they have such histories, it comes with this expectation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, Taserface is going to be in it, so you better service him and give him his full story. It's like, no, he's just, they use Taserface to take the place of like the mutinous thug. And yeah, it's just, I think be, it sort of elevates that sort of expectation to like have, ev- if you have so many characters, like, oh, then they must be trying to cram everything in, cram it all in. Like, this wasn't Batman versus Superman. That was trying to cram thank, everything in. Thank, thank God, God for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't think that there was too much going on. I, I thought, actually, I liked every character's independent arc. I liked kind of how much time each one was given. It was appropriate, varying on like how supporting or mainstream they were. I guess where you see that maybe the idea of there being too much going on is that I found the middle of it pretty slow and maybe a little disjointed. The, the the fun, especially the first like 15, 20 minutes when they're all together, was amazing. And then as soon as they all kind of split apart, 
it did it did slow down a lot, and I thought it it really lost momentum for a long time. Even though I liked everything that was happening, I started to be like, I, I want kind of the fun to come back into it. Um, it kind of reminded me of Rogue One a little bit in that sense, where it's like that middle section was really slow, and I was kind of expecting it to build like a huge finale that made it the payoff of everything in the middle. And I didn't think it quite got there, but I liked, I guess I liked everything that was happening, but it just was kind of slow. That's when one. we all turned on Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought the one bit, in, in, cause I could agree with you on that where they split everything up, but I thought the, uh, when they're in jail and they're trying to get Groot to find uh, the oh, prototype. Oh, amazing. Oh. Yeah. That was cut together so, so well. So stupid and funny. Just to get the reveal of the toe. It was just like, just have a drawer of toes somewhere? <laughs> yeah. just, let's never speak of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did you guys think of the original Guardians team? I feel like they're too big of names to never see them do anything else again. I feel like they have to come back in the third one, like, but I, I think it's going to be prequel-ish um, in the fact that we show their early days as a team and the, the kind of missions that they went on because it was alluded to by Yondu. He's like, we weren't too different than your guys' team. So I, I would like to see some uh, some scenes of that. And we know they can make people look younger with that CGI. <laughs> Well, I want to see what they magic they can pull on Stallone. Yeah, <laughs> let's see how much they can de-age him. So I I don't know much about the Guardians comics. I didn't really know any of those characters yeah, I, either. I don't either. It, it, their introduction felt kind of odd because I don't know anything about them. Can you guys can kind of fill in like who they are and why. You it's said important. earlier. Okay, so said earlier original Guardians team. I'm like, did, haven't we been talking? Yeah, like wait, for, wait, vol- so, for volume one. What? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> The thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy is the original Guardians of the Galaxy were from late 60s, early 70s. Yes. Um, Marvel Superheroes number 18 is our first. Yeah, and they were basically Marvel's ripoff of Legion. They were the far-flung future team that were like the the mirror of um, Into the Past. So these guys, the original ones, were supposed to be super cool, right? They were trying to be super cool, whereas the newer Guardians are like, we're all like rejects and we're a weird raccoon and stuff. Is that accurate? Yeah, well, I mean, no? it was also just sort of when it was done. Like this is, yeah, it's late late 60s, like late Silver Age stuff. They so didn't it's still understand sort of, irony. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely <laughs> not ironic. But it was also like you had, like, they were also missing their major character, Vance Astro, who's like the Captain America. He has Captain America's shield with him. Um, so there's a character in the original Guardians who's like running around with the with Captain America's shield. So they're very much supposed to be like future space Avengers. Um, and then the and, but then they introduced like the current Guardians who are also like the contemporary for everyone like the Avengers and everything like that. And so they like retconned it so they're like inspiration or, or like they take the name first and then these ones a thousand years later take it over again. But they're like the original ones. But they also like didn't last long, and that's also why like none of them came back in like the reboot when they because um, they this came from like a huge space crossover like in the middle of the the Guardians aren't like as this former what like twelve years old Frank. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, I guess like Abnett and Lanning did like a series from two thousand eight to two thousand ten. Yeah, they came after the Annihilation and the Phalanx and all that. Yeah, yeah. So they were like this team that formed as part of this huge space crossover of Marvel. And then they got their own thing. But yeah, they're a fairly new idea. Yeah, still. and if you get a chance, those two-year runs, like 25 issues that uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Landing do, it's, man, it's great. And there's a lot of stuff that you can see that uh, they pulled for the films, but it's fantastic. you got Mantis, Moondragon. You've got uh, Captain Marvel's daughter who takes the Quasar bands for a while. You've got Bug from the Micronauts. He's on the team for a little while. 
It's a really cool combination of characters. So, so Stallone in this film, because he was a, a, what do they call him, Ravenger or Scavengers? Ravengers? Ravengers. So in this film, he was a Ravenger, but in, was he, his character in this movie an original Guardian? Yeah. So well, that's that's why they that's why Rooker said, says to Rocket, "Your team reminds me of, of mine." Yeah, that's like the the tongue in cheek like mention of like my team was the original Guardians, and oh, that's why they remind me of that. Okay, and so yeah, so that's so they they put him in as the Ravagers in this film, but they're meant to represent those characters. It's like Ving Rhames is like this big ass guy named Charlie Twenty Seven. Okay, um, Michelle Yao's um, another one of the characters. Um, and then like there's the mystical guy, like everyone in that post credit scenes, they're like original guardians. So it's safe to assume they're going to be in volume three. One would hope. I yeah. mean, James Gunn said he's Sylvester Stallone's not done in the Marvel universe, so oh. you know, like they're like, but he's coming back as Judge Dredd. God, I just, <laughs> I just want Space Rocky so badly. Oh my gosh, I would. Watch... will fight you, Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> be awesome. I would watch that. Um, uh, speaking of. Uh, Cosmic beings, did you guys catch that eternity uh, little shout out? Oh yeah. When when, uh, when ego is kind of showing Peter uh, his plan and he's seeing it through his eyes and his eyes kind of light up all starry and he looks up and he says, "I see it, eternity. Uh, eternity is its own being in the Marvel universe who kind of just looks like a solar system, but like in the shape of, of someone's body." Oh. So I, I think leading into even like Infinity War and, and James Gunn kind of confirming that he's going to lead the Marvel Universe cosmic in the future. Like, I'm excited to see all this shit fucking come into fruition, man. Mm, that's neat. I didn't know that. Uh, he's just showing, just showing, it looks like we're passing notes or something. Yeah. He's just showing me characters from, I assume you're showing me from, uh, from the originals? Is oh yeah, this is Eternity right here. So this is Eternity. It's like kind of oh, cosmic. Okay. Wait, did Attorney have anything to do with like the cosmic Spider-Man costume? Because oh. there's some similarities there. Oh yeah, I don't know anything. Is Captain Captain Universe. Universe's uh, the like hero a, that could be you? Yeah, the Enigma Force. But that was sent up by Eternity, was it? Or I don't know. It's it's just one of those like universal forces that mm-hmm. come to people in need. And then didn't think, didn't Eternity just die? Didn't they just murder Eternity in the comics? Uh, Somebody, the living, living tribunal, yeah, yeah, living tribunal was murdered. Uh, Eternity is currently in chains by the uh, the entity of, of the first. Oh my god! Wait, didn't guys. they? Uh, um, <laughs> was it Eternity who greeted um, Ulysses at the end of Civil War Two? Was that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Can I ask you how many characters in the Marvel universe are like in chains or in a coma or like? Isn't Tony Stark like in a? Isn't Iron Man like in a thing? And now yeah. Eternity. They is killed in a thing. the Watcher. And okay, so they mm-hmm. killed the Watcher. So aren't there well, like what are they? Keep- and Nick Fury replaced him, <laughs> and his right. costume is chains. <laughs> <laughs> his costume is, is chains. He has like he's like chained. Yeah, chains and like a big like hooded robe that he wears all the time. That he looks like impractical. Jacob Marley. <laughs> like if Jacob Marley, Marley was the Marley. was the Grim Reaper is kind of the, his look. <laughs> and that's Nick Fury now? Yeah, that's Why? Nick that's classic Nick Fury. So are they just like putting all these guys in like suspended animation to then be like, haha, they're all out. Like what's happening? Well they took that Nick Fury off the board because everyone loves Sam Jackson Nick Fury yeah, way more. True. And so they just put him away because they can't like unacknowledge that the original Nick Fury existed, but they can also just like, but we can make you the Watcher. <laughs> that was a terrible series. Original <laughs> Sin. It's uh, you read it on Marvel Unlimited. Mm, 
well, with that endorsement of it being a <laughs> <Yeah>. terrible <laughs> series. <laughs> there actually is some cool stuff. You get to see the Punisher and Doctor Strange hang out for a while. I like both of those cool. people. And that's a cool relationship. You never really get to see that often. I had a... Don't they got a crossover going on right now? Uh, they uh, they do, yeah. Like mm-hmm. to do Marvel, yeah, the, the digital line. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. Uh, but enough of like uh, yeah, yeah. Guardians, Guardians, yeah, Guardians. Chris Lord is like, what, what, I was going to say, happened? speaking of Nick Fury, <laughs> we got one of my favorite Marvel cameos ever, David Hasselhoff. Yes. <laughs> Solid. Twice. Yeah. Well played, Cameron. Yes. Well played. Nicely <laughs> done. That's good. For we, people who don't know, there was, a, there was a Nick Fury, David Hasselhoff film, which was fan. What? <laughs> he couldn't even finish. <laughs> Cameron, Wait, finish has it. anyone actually seen that? Oh, yeah. I have. <laughs> Wait, you. What, I, we should let the listeners know that before we even start recording, uh, it was actually said that Cameron has seen, I think the quote was, all the terrible movies. I do shit. my best. Yeah, I, I really shit, do yeah. my best. Yeah, for anyone who listens to our podcast, I'm basically just constantly berating Cameron for his terrible <laughs> choice in movies. He just hasn't seen any of the good ones and seen all the bad ones. So what? So he was. It was a Nick Fury movie starring David the Hoff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In, was uh, that like was, what, a, like ninety two, ninety three. I think so. Like yeah. I almost want to say it was later, and Lisa Renna was in there too. When they right? should have yeah. known better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yes. I think um, this is well, like off topic. I'm sorry. I I was oh, well, like, it's, it's off topic, so and that it's about Guardians in the Galaxy. So, <laughs> um, I was uh, I was thinking that. This movie for me is kind of... So the Thor trailer before this movie that yes. played. Like, are you guys excited? Because I think that they... I want to know, one, if you're excited about it. And two, I feel like Marvel... Like, the Guardians movies have done for Marvel kind of like what Deadpool or what Deadpool has done. Even though Deadpool is Marvel. I think Deadpool did for, like, the the more adult, darker superhero movies. And they're like, well, that's been successful. We should market like that. Like, for me, the Thor trailer looked and felt like it was trying to be um, Guardians. Well, you got, yeah, you got Takaiwa Titi um, is a very similar director to James Gunn. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and he has a very distinct voice, the same. But also, there was going to be a little bit of a connection. They cut, there was going to be a scene with Collector, or not not Collector, um, Game Master. He was, he was, oh, because you can yeah. see in the, tra- in the credits, Grandmaster, um, no, he's let's, in let's the credits. Master. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, just it, a lot of D and D. Space Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, Space <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yes. He's in the credits of Guardians. Yeah. Yes, they, and that's because he was gonna be. James Gunn said there were five, maybe six, and, you, and we know it's five. Yeah. So the sixth was gonna have Grandmaster. Why did and they? somehow connect to Thor? Huh. It's I just, don't know, but that weird. that one looks cool because it's like the the influence he's going with is like European. Like it looks like it's a heavy metal comic. Hmm. Um, like a lot of the designs, like especially a lot of the uh, alien designs you see, uh, like in the background of Thor Ragnarok. Like a lot of that looks like old school, like heavy sci-fi, um, like '80s kind of comics from uh, Britain. And so that's what I'm kind of excited to see those other influences. But yeah, I definitely think Guardians opened the door, and I'm excited that it influenced Thor because Thor is definitely the weakest series mm-hmm. out of all of Marvel stuff. And they have, and it, yeah, and it, well, because like Captain America, there's an argument of whether or not Thor or Captain America is the worst first movie in a series. Um, I don't know if we should necessarily mm. start that argument, but I feel like one of those two is probably the weakest starting one. Maybe Incredible Hulk, but let's. Stop. <laughs> but where Captain America definitely jumped up 
in massively in quality going into Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier and then into Civil War. Thor did not have that in Dark World and probably stepped back. Um, and so, like, now that we got, like, not only is this the third movie in a series, but it's Thor after two bad movies to be so radically changed. And, like, it's going to be awesome, I think. Yeah, I thought it, even, like, with the text that came up with, like, with the electricity and everything, it felt like, oh, get the guys that cut the Guardians uh, trailer to work on this, you know? So I think if, if people are excited about it, um, and I have not seen any of the Thor movies. I was going to, and then I heard they were terrible, so I haven't, but they're on the list. They're, I, they're not terrible. They're not terrible, no. I, I really like the first one, and I think the second one has its moments. I think it's fair to say, though, that of the the independent franchises within the Marvel Universe, it's probably the weakest. Yeah, I think, well, Captain America, first half is great, less so the second. Um, I, I do see what you're saying, that it, it does, you can tell there's a huge gun Guardians influence on Thor. And I think they've decided, like, okay, the, the cosmic universe is going to be a huge point probably for Phase 4, and we're just going to take what James Gunn has set up and really inject it into everything else. So I, I see where you're coming from, but I also feel like it still feels authentic to the movie we're going to get, I guess. Good. Yeah, kind of like That's... along the lines of, because it's Taika Waititi, the fact that it's weird seems to be okay. That mm-hmm. would be my hope, because it looked like they were focusing so much on the comedy. And I was like, I don't remember Thor being like particularly funny, well, you know. So I think if, if everybody's jazzed about it, then I hope that it matches the trailer. Does one of the first sense? things that I did when the trailer came out was like, were the other Thor movie like trailers like this exciting? And they weren't. No, but they all end on jokes. The same way this okay. one, uh, the Thor one, ends with the "He's a friend from work" joke. Yeah, that's like the, it was, and that's all, and that's even the funniest joke out of all the other trailers, like for the other two movies. But they all—that was one thing I did notice—is that they're out. well, Thor, the the two movies are pretty humorous, but this just seems to definitely like own that. Okay, like that was it was incidental, like funny. Thor doesn't understand what's going on, kind of humor, and this is like directly like making Thor an active agent in what's funny about stuff. Well, I think that's because they're not on Earth anymore. So they yeah. can't really use the like, oh, he doesn't understand our culture things. Uh, but also, isn't this just like, the trailer only shows maybe the first third of the movie, right? Because from... Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but from all the like summaries that I've seen, like the, the synopsis I've seen, this is supposed to be like, not a buddy cop movie. A road like, trip like, movie? A road trip movie with, with Thor and Hulk. So I think this is like, the tournament is going to be such a like early part that I don't know, I'm excited to see what else they have in store. So are we going to do a crossover podcast about this movie? Yeah, yeah. It's, already, it's already planned. Great. Okay. No. Great. Okay, Great. It's already planned. <laughs> Everybody but Frank is going to do it. <laughs> Frank's just going to do his own podcast with just him. That's and right. he's going to be like talking to himself like, what do you think, Frank? Well, I don't know, Frank. I, uh... Well, Frank's no. just going to watch Thor The Dark World again and talk about that. Oh. <laughs> <Spider>. <laughs> Just uh, Jane Foster just like floating in that. Ugh, man, not enough of that. Cat Dennings in it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, going back to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, we've talked to dance around a little bit, but Ego, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Uh, do we like how uh, he's represented in the film? Kind of starts off as like the, the, the father that Peter's been excited to get to play catch with him. Then, uh, <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yes. Oh, yeah, the, the, the catch sequence, like it's so it's so cheesy, and they just lean into that so hard that yeah. it actually works. It does. Like, it the slow mo made it perfect. Terrible. Just yeah. two grown ass men playing catch. There was some amazing slow mo to music in this movie, guys. Oh, yeah. Like they really utilized that slow mo walk with like a fantastic song playing. I, I think that the build with ego was great. 
Because I, from the beginning, I'm like, nope, bad guy. He's a bad guy. He killed the mom. And then you're like, well, maybe, but he's got like a little twinkle in his eye. And he's Kurt Russell. Like he that buys a lot. Yeah, I mean, we all wanted yeah. him to be good, right? I, yeah. I, I was disappointed when he turned bad. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it was it, heartbreaking. It, it was. Like, but you're Kurt Russell. You're so cool and I like you. But it, it to be fair, though, like it's one of their best villains, I'd say, because yeah. you do really like him. And then, you know, he's well, an I, asshole. Well, it, it's, it's, he's just selfish because people are ants to him. Like, because what is a person when he's been alive for millions of years already when he met her? And, like, he just seemed to have, like, a novelty about her that you can tell, like, he never really truly loved her. But I like that it wasn't like, ho-ho, I have this grand plan. He was just an immortal (laughs) being who wanted to expand and increase his knowledge and understand the universe. But, like, it was more humanistic. Uh, like Brainiac kind of plan. You sounded like Marvin the Martian. <laughs> like, oh, Earthlings. Yeah, whatever character that was, I want that character to be in a Marvel movie. <laughs> Can you just do got that? Grand plan. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty great. I, I thought he did well, a great job. I mean, as we because in the end of the first film, it's really teased about like, yo, we, uh, we, your father's from an, an ancient race, mm-hmm. and then we finally learn about about it in this film, and then he's killed at the end of the film. Are you bummed that he's kind of taken off the table in this movie? Would you like to have seen him still alive? To be around? I mean, I'm not fully convinced that he won't come back. Um, but if if he did die and that's how he died, I guess, I mean, I'm okay with it because they got fucking Kurt Russell to come in and kill this role. Um, and I think that's a steal. And I like the fact that they didn't leave Peter with powers. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like, okay, you introduce it and you have him... Dragon Ball Z battle through inside this planet. Okay, yeah, that's cool. And the fact that they take it away from him and leave him like how we saw him at the beginning, like that's Peter Quill, Star Lord. But maybe still with powers though, because he was able to handle the the stone. Yeah, because uh, Ego was alive, and he said, as long as the light is here, you'll be able, you'll be immortal like me. Yeah. So I I I assume at this point he's no longer mortal, which is good because I would have been kind of unhappy if they. I mean, they could have done an interesting story about him living beyond everyone else. Which I guess kind of thematically ties back into even the, like the first movie with his mom, but it also would have taken all the tension away of like, oh, he's just immortal. Yeah, and I'm wondering him. if he if he does have any like innate power just because of his like just even though his father's power source is gone, there has to still be something within him, but also like not to the degree that he can fight the way he did or have like right. the 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 um the like lightning bolt and uh, like the, uh, those powers, but like. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's still able to like do the Infinity Stone like thing or have like made, innate like made, abilities made with magic sperm. Like, yeah. are we gonna get? He a, has a penis. Are we gonna get? <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment. Drax, I love that just damn yeah. Drax. Drax had some great. I kept expecting it's kind of the same thing because he just kept like laughing, like yeah. Tourette laughing, and I thought, well, that's gonna get old. It didn't get old. Mm-hmm. It just didn't get old. I, I feel sorry for the people sitting next to me in the theater because I laughed loud and I laughed hard. <laughs> and in that movie, I laughed often. Yeah. Uh, Jax, what did he say about his? He's like, oh, my nether regions became engorged. Oh, okay. perfect, yeah. perfect Jax line. <laughs> well, one thing I liked in terms of art design was when uh, Kurt Russell is taking him egos, taking. Peter Quill through and kind of showing the history. Oh, just that was way, beautiful. Those, I thought that was just really yeah. well done. And yeah. super creative. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was like some weird kind of like mannequin sort of things. Yeah, yeah it's super bizarre. Do you think he takes them out and plays with them when no one's on the planet? <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah, it's just him wants. and Mantis there. Yeah. You think like, here, take that down. Let's play with it. I mean, I would. It, it, yeah, this, that whole sequence kind of reminded me of like old school Disney in some way. Yes. I, I, don't, I can't say specifically what about it, but just like it's the feel of world. it. That's what it was. Well, yeah, they're like little like 
Hummel figurines. Like, yeah. yeah, they're just like these weird, like, glass pewter statues. Like, it kind of reminded me of, uh, like, the opening sequence of, like, Hellboy. Like, when you take this, like, chance to... Because, obviously, like, that story needed to be told, but I like it when the, the director takes the chance to visually depict it in an interesting way like that. Because mm. just to, like, just to keep the man... Like, almost like a mannequin face, yeah, but go the extra length to really fill out the hair and the clothing. It's like, oh, all right. I think that it worked and that it was it was just disturbing enough. It was like just off enough. You know what I mean? How dare you? <laughs> uh, Jesus, Frank. <laughs> Speaking of disturbing, I like the the weird, because it was like very, it's such a beautiful sequence when you initially get the story told, but then when you get the darker undertones mm-hmm. and had that weird sequence of Kurt Russell banging all those uh, space ladies yes. yeah. and just seeing just that kissing them. Yeah. And just seeing like the passionlessness of it. And it was just so like weirdly haunting mm-hmm. to see that just like it see it expand and expand and expand. Mm-hmm. And then to see Gamora and Nebula come across the bones of all the kids from that. Yeah. It's just such a weird uh, like twist and something that I wasn't expecting. But it was just weird. Like, how something so beautiful became so twisted, like with very little uh, ease. Yeah, I also love that it explains too. Uh, it just explains Peter, right? I mean, he's out there just sleeping with every weird alien on the planet or in the now universe. We know too. Where so he now we know where he gets yeah, it from. Of course, I mean, you're gonna get it from someone. You're gonna get it from Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Who, although also- Peter presumably pulls out. <laughs> Right, because he doesn't have all these uh, caves full of kids that he not that, that he we knows know of. exactly yes. that he, we know of. I mean, he's the kind of irresponsible guy who would just never follow up on that. So <laughs> I'm never going back to that planet. No worries. Yeah, so there's like a whole bunch of well, I guess uh, at one point temporarily immortal like third generation celestials out there that he doesn't even know about. <laughs> he's like, what have I done? Well, we've also got Mantis. We were mentioning that. So yeah. how do we like her addition into the mix? I thought it was a they it was a nice job. Yeah, and I thought it was great pairing her up with uh Drax, yeah. who just feels everything outright and will just tell you. So it, for her to just get those emotions straight, like when she started pointing at Quill and laughing after Drax was, I thought that was a perfect moment. Oh, I like her their other moment where he's like sitting uh very like just kind of contemplating life and she like puts her hand on his shoulder mm. and just Balls, because he's thinking of his kid. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you just see the weight of emotion? You like Mantis provides that opportunity for Drax that you see the weight of emotions that he feels at all Dave times. Dave Batista will not cry on on camera. <laughs> <laughs> he won't do it. I also love her reaching out to Gamora and Gamora being like, "I will fucking kill you." Like yeah. real sharp. I got real serious real fast. Uh, she does not. She don't want to be red. But even like when that comes back around at the end, when uh, she does touch Gamora, it's like you're. She tells Gamora you're afraid, and like you can tell just how mm-hmm. just Gamora would never ever admit that and have it said out loud to her face was like a huge turning point. Yeah, really clever. I love what's Gamora's sister's name? Nebula. 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 <laughs> I loved their dynamic in this film and the way that it played out. I thought it was really cool and had kind of a nice resolution, and it didn't feel too forced. No, because I felt like Ego uh, is not just the name of the the Kurt Russell's character, but kind of influenced a lot of the other story arcs mm-hmm. in there as well. Like, especially in their relationship, too, where you, you're just thinking that, oh, yeah, Gamora's the good guy. Nebula's the bad, bad, bad person. But mm-hmm. then realizing that, no, growing up, Gamora just, uh, you know, she kind of cast a blind eye to everything that she was unknowingly doing to 
Nebula. Yeah. Right. I mean, Amanda, it kind of gets back to your point about the questions you didn't realize you had coming out of the first one. The fact that they explained why Nebula is all cybernetic oh so much God. more so than Gamora and, and was, like the, the darkness that that came from. And I love they didn't really linger on it. It was just yeah. the one line. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure uh, James Gunn made it a point not to have Thanos in this movie, mm-hmm. but expanding on just how sinister this Thanos is going to be in the future. Like, it just, with those couple of lines, hey, he plucked my eye from my head, he took my brain out, he ripped my arm off. Like, that just, you know what I mean? Like, this guy's not to be messed with. Yeah, yeah. Going forward with Nebula, do you think that she's just being set up? Because, of course, you're seeing, like, the the list of people that have something, uh, they want a vendetta against Thanos. But do you, I almost feel like Nebula's being set up as like she could be easy cannon fodder in Infinity War to kind of show you how dangerous Thanos is. Like she could be very expendable compared to everybody else. But I think that's what is important about establishing their relationship because I think she, at the end of the first movie, yeah, cannon fodder, ready to go. At the end of this one, like now you get the emotional stakes and you see what he's done to her that I would, I would be upset if she was easy cannon fodder. Like I, I think they're going to follow the book a little bit uh, closely, and she's going to be the one to pull the trigger. I think that's what this movie. This movie was the argument of why Gamora or uh, Nebula gets to be the one to end Thanos in um, the Avengers movies. Oh, you think so? But I also like Drax. Is like he's he was bred to kill Thanos. That was his mission. He he wants I th- he wants revenge for a one time event that I feel the Guardians have nub- numbed the pain of that. And I feel like that's a, a, a proper compensation for not being able to be given that. He's found a new family that I feel, yeah, I feel Nebula is the one. Because none of the Avengers, like who, Tony Stark's going to do it? No. Well, but, I mean, it's got to be someone from these movies. At the same time, though, these characters, I mean, as successful as they've been, even within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're not as big as the Avengers themselves. I mean, it's even you know kind of come out that the Guardians of the Galaxy will be supporting characters in those movies. So I agree with you. I would like to see someone who has like a really emotional stake in this, like Nebula or Drax, be the one that eventually kills Thanos. I just, I don't. Do you guys think that Marvel will be willing to have it be a minor character in? the grand scheme of things of the whole universe be the one who like has that critical moment or these, are they going to hand it off to like Tony Stark? These are the ones I care about. Squirrel girl? <laughs> <laughs> She's got her TV show coming up so maybe. There yeah. we go. <laughs> I feel like well, uh, after these two movies these are the characters that I'm emotionally invested in. Mm. Like I, I like the other movies but these are the people that I want to see vindicated and that I want to see in love and all, you know what I mean? All those different things. I, I want all the feels, but just with these guys, I'm like, Tony Stark, Tony Stark, I'm like, cool, man. Like, he, I like him. I think he's really cool, but I'm like, I don't care if he ends up with Pepper. I don't give a shit. <laughs> True, but I mean, I can see why they give him that moment because basically he's, he's the one that started this whole Marvel f- film franchise. So to kind of give him that hero moment at the end, like, yep. Well, gonna- and if this battle's going to take place at Earth, I think that's where the Guardians have the weakest case for being, because they... But he's from Earth. Starlord is from there. Well, first of all, they call it Terra in the Guardians movie, so they didn't even call it Earth. Oh, really? I feel like they are um, Earth is or the Avengers are Earth's mightiest heroes. I think if it that's the case that could be made for why they should be the ones to do it. And I think you're right with like Tony Stark. Like, he was the one who started it. So maybe symbolically him or Cap. Like either Cap chronologically started it, Tony Stark demet like traditionally actually started in the real world and also if it's on earth them defending earth you'd want one of the avengers to pull the trigger but i think you're right amanda these are the ones you actually care about because they it wasn't like a a machine 
um, produced emotional thing of like, oh, we need to have an emotional beat, which I think a lot of the Avengers solo movies fall into of like mechanical screenwriting process. This is when the emotional beat stuff. And James Gunn, even if he's doing that, made it feel organic. Mm -hmm. Well, this one is driven by teamwork and friendship and loyalties, whereas the other ones... It is. Yeah. <laughs> you family. Because when uh, they're at the end and they're having that picnic on top of the skyscraper. Yeah, yeah. me familia. They're all hanging out up top there. <laughs> they get the coronas Popping some coronas. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but I think that, like, I don't know. I think that I, I would agree more, yeah, with Trevor. Like, the, the, the emotion in the other movies feels a little more um, formulaic to me and a little more artificial, whereas this feels very organic. You know, and you do believe, like, every character had their had their little time, right? Even you're like, oh, baby Groot, you're just a cute little thing. And then it's like, oh, well, I actually ended up using him, you know, and called back to the whole size thing, right? Like, this kid is too is small enough. Well, and his, so. his, Chris, you were right with, like, his story arc. Like, his whole thing was, like, he can't do what he's told, and then he does at the end. So, mm-hmm. like, they even serviced him in that sense. And it was even, like, I was, like, it was breaking my heart when he... shit out of him? With that scene, oh, that, was that whole rough. scene, oh and then so many to poor baby Groot. But then when uh, when Ego's trying to take care of all the guardians, and he's just starting to get crushed in the little cave, I'm just like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Do you think uh, so? After what Civil War, we got the Thor like uh, like mini video, like the him oh. living in Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I would love for them to do a teenage Groot version of that. Oh, yeah. Like yes. a five minute, because I'm sure he'll be fully grown by the next movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just I just want to see like a, like one single story of teenage Groot. Teenage Groot was pretty funny. Though. What? I kind of, I'm hoping that that's the next iteration because I'd because re- that's the one, because after that he's adult Groot and we've already seen adult Groot. And so, yeah, we definitely, I think you're right, but I hope that they give it the full movie and not just like a little supplemental thing to like, here's our family vacation in between movies. Um, yeah, I hope we get to see Teen I want, Groot. I want him to find love. <laughs> I want to love, I want a Teen Groot so you, rom-com. So you just want to see Marvel make like the fault in our stars with <laughs> Groot. <laughs> yes, 100%. Like more Groot, less cancer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, did everybody cry at the end of the movie? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I totally did not. I can see that. I did not. That's right. (laughs) But I have no emotions, so (laughs) this is not a surprise to anybody. I'm kind of a nice human robot. It was such a touching speech. I was moved to tears. Yeah, Yeah, I was. I was surprised on how it ended because I I talked earlier about my emotions through the first movie. This was just laugh nonstop, and then just really. I mean, I wasn't like a bummer, but I legit like cried like the last third of the movie. The the last shot of the movie is rockets like solitary tear as he's looking Mm. out watching the Ravager fireworks. And so that's like a pretty heavy final shot. I mean, granted, it's not really because these movies are like still five minutes of stuff, especially with we get five 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 post credit scenes. Oh fuck yes. I loved every single one of them. Yeah. I was I was almost frustrated. I mean I was I was obviously very upset at the end of the movie, but I was frustrated that like I wanted to end on a happy. No- I don't go to a Guardians movie yeah, to, like kind right, of feel right. bad at the end. Yeah, I was caught by surprise. Yeah, and I it, I was very touched by the moment. Like it definitely hit me. But I leaned over to Chris afterward. I'm like, I don't want to be sad at the end of a Guardians movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they're like, fuck it, we gotta have five post credit scenes, yeah. man, just to kind of bring everyone up. up. And why as they leave the movie theater, I want a Ravager funeral. Oh yeah, yeah. 
That's yeah. what I, so you guys are my witnesses okay, now. Okay, we'll let you up. Right, we'll let you, you up. light me up. Send me out with flowers We're all going to break into our own separate factions, but uh, <laughs> upon your death, we shall all reunite Return. in space. Great, perfect. Thank you. Um, speaking of breaking up into other factions. No. I have to peace out early because I have a show How that's starting in 15 minutes. You. So you might, if this record maintains um, its flow, you might hear my team going up. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's your team <laughs> called, and where can people see you if they're we local? We are The Voltage, and we perform every other Sunday at the Nerdist School in West Hollywood, right next door to Meltdown Comics, which is a great comic book store that you should check out. Um, and your yeah. show, The Voltage, that sounds like a, a, a punk rock group. What do you guys do? You didn't say it like your we, name's The Voltage. We're The Voltage! Ow! <laughs> High Voltage! Um, that's actually like one of the songs. Like, ow, danger, danger, high voltage. That's the song that we come out to. You might hear it. Great. You Great. guys will hear it. The oh, audience I, might not. I hope so because the world needs more electric sex. So. <laughs> and you guys do improv comedy. Yeah, we do improv comedy uh, every other Sunday, seven o'clock at uh, the Nerdist School. Cool. Check it out. Um, and check out Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> like a little thing. Do you need to leave too for your? After bus? I'm fine. Okay, I'm just fine. checking. I'm just checking on you know, I'm not a quitter. I'm not going to quit on sure this group. Okay, yeah, now right. that that asshole Trevor's gone, yeah. we can really Ooh. get this talk started. Ooh. <laughs> well, I was, re- I was talking about the rocket. Taser face! <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the, uh, the, uh, what they did with Rocket in this film, just in terms of like giving so many emotional beats to just a computer-generated character, but really well done, I thought. Oh, yeah, no, Rocket, I, again, everyone got their, their, their due in this movie, I mm-hmm. thought. Um, and it really developed these characters in a way that I didn't foresee in this movie, just based on how fun all the all of the trailers were. You know, you know who I hope gets their due in this movie? All of the visual effects artists. Mm-hmm. I just want like a fucking round of applause. Do you guys? This is an explicit podcast. I can say fucking right. Is that okay? Oh, ours is very explicit. Okay, great. Uh-huh. Yeah. My parents right now are just like my parents listen to our podcast, so they're just Aww. like I'm sure they're just like. Oh, no. Our daughters. Are this sailors. is that yeah. Frank's doing. <laughs> the worst. Uh, but yeah, man, just the um, the visual effects in this movie were amazing, and I saw it in two D. But I w- I actually want to go back and oh, see it got, again, and I want to see it in three D. You get really? Sometimes I, I think that three D is distracting, so I, I usually it. see two D. Yeah. Sometimes it makes me sick if it's not done well. I would go see this one in three D, but I felt like. God, the visual effects, everything. Like the sequence with the arrow mm-hmm. taking everybody out it on that gorgeous. ship. It looks gorgeous. Just yeah. all those red lines with the music. Oh, man. So pretty. And then when they finally, and when they get to Ego's, well, Ego's planet, which was Ego, but like just when they reach out and you want to reach out and touch everything. Everything mm-hmm. looks so dense and lush and, oh, I was just real jazzed. I mean, the whole thing does look gorgeous. And it, what I find so amazing with these movies is that, I mean, even talking about like Yondu's costume and stuff, they put stuff on screen that should look ridiculous and somehow mm-hmm. it does. It. Like, I think even when they have Kurt Russell's face, when Ego's face is the planet. Yeah, it should have mm-hmm. been so stupid. Yeah, that should look absurd. Again, it helps that it's Kurt Russell because uh-huh. even as a planet, the man looks good. But <laughs> it didn't seem silly. And that's, that's in, I mean, a and huge And it looks credit. kind of beautiful just the way that they have it set up. Like the yeah. celestial head from the first one, nowhere. Yeah. Just having a floating head in yeah. space, like it, that's, that shit looks looks beautiful. Yeah. And just even seeing uh, as he resurrects himself uh, right before the big final battle, and you can just tell it's, as he's growing himself up from the skeleton to flesh, mm-hmm. just he's got that Kurt Russell swagger as he's walking down. Oh, yeah. That was uh, really nicely done. Yeah. Uh, kind of bouncing off the, the point of cinematography, um, I, I really enjoyed how like every single character had their like desktop background moment. <laughs> Where they just like pause, there's nothing happening on screen. It's just like mm-hmm. a wide shot of every character with just nothing in the background, and I'm like, 
that's money, money shot. Back hero, shot. <laughs> that's money back hero shot. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. So in terms of uh, who was your favorite guardian in this film? Was it the same one from the first film? Did it change? Did you have somebody else given the developments in this film? Because certainly I was just like Drax, somebody that it was like, he was fine in the first movie, but boy, I thought he was executed really well in this movie. Oh, yeah. I would agree. He, I liked him better in this film. But we were also introduced to him sooner, and we kind of got his thing sooner. Mm-hmm. Like, we understood already from volume one what his personality was like. I feel like that takes a, a few lines to to explain. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess what I like about this is that you're just, you, you don't have to worry about setting, meeting the band or yeah. making the band. Mm-hmm. This, the band's already there, and you get to just watch you know, them have it, fun. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I mean, trying to think about the first one, probably Rocket was my favorite in the first one, just because mm-hmm. he has this particularly biting sarcasm that I really like. I don't know who would be my favorite in this one. I don't know if it would still be Rocket. Just because, I mean, I love his arc in this, but mm, I don't know. I'm going to go with Kurt Russell. He's not, <laughs> he's not even a guardian, but he's, yeah. just, he's, so, he's so cool, and I was so upset when he turned bad. Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, w- I think I would say Rocket was my favorite in the first one. And I'm really happy they brought back the like running gag from the first movie of like, yeah, leave the eye. It's like, what do you need the eye for? It's like, it's going to be hilarious if he doesn't have his eye in the morning. Um, in this movie, I don't know. I mean, I, I can only think of Baby Groot. Even though like, he doesn't really have a story, I just can't. like, I love him so much. I mean that sequence where he and Rocket are just debating about how to you know how to activate the bomb. Right. Oh my gosh, so, so nicely funny. done. And you just think you're watching two you know CGI characters have this debate, but it's still just. And wasn't that a well. trailer? Wasn't that part of the, one of the trailers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh god, and it still was as great. It's still better than the trailer. I'm also like the joke in the in the trailer was great with like, do you have any tape? But the extended version of that, <laughs> I was oh, cracking yeah. up the entire time. So funny. <laughs> Did, Did you, you ask, ask Nebula? Nebula? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he was next to her when I, you know, she was next to him when I asked. Then you didn't ask, basically. And I think my favorite guardian in this movie was Yondu. Just even mm-hmm. like introducing him onto the team officially that that moment and like that kind of rede- redemption that he saw in himself at that time. And just, um, I don't know, a blue man sitting in front of a window as it snows with robot, robot prostitutes behind him. Like you just you just respect that guy. Yeah, there was the the moment when like him and Rocket are having their heart to heart, and he's God. like, "We're the same." I'm like, "Don't say that, because that means you can't make it to the next movie." Uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We don't need two of you. <laughs> we but, can't have two of the same character. I, I thought it was so awesome, like how like okay, he sacrificed, but he died the same way that his men died, sticking up for him. And I thought having him go out that way was fucking awesome. Oh, man. Oh, P.S. Gamora, still, probably. But I liked Rocket a lot more in mm-hmm. this movie than I did in the first one. Like Gamora? Hmm. I think she's really cool. Yeah, she's fine, but I don't, you know, she's I fine. Her and I Peter like, were started, awesome in the first movie. I, I just s- think with these other guys, they had a, a better story for them. I started to see her humanity more in this one, mm-hmm. and I like that. I mm-hmm. like seeing her relate to uh, another female character on screen and have it not be a romantic competition I think mm. that you don't see that especially in superhero movies so I just respect the hell out of that um, I and I and I liked Rocket a lot in this one mm-hmm. and I liked Groot a lot in this one too guys I liked all of them I got you. Um, 
shit, what's the thing you were just but saying? But the Peter Quill and Yandu and Peter's woman, uh, they're out in space and he's. Oh my gosh, when when they like drag, that was dark. Uh-huh. For a PG 13 movie, this got real dark and I was yeah. delighted. But like when they drag, they're like dragging, dragging his his guy and they like th- put him in the, they, you see them put him in the, um like the capsule and release him into space and then they zoom out and you see that it's like. His whole crew has already like been dozens. killed. Yeah, out there, dozens of guys out there. I was just like, "Oh no!" It was. Gr- I mean, it was just such a well-revealed moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. It was kind of surprisingly dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess the whole movie was definitely darker than it was. I was the first one. His dad gave his mom cancer. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah like, that's true. We kind of real. yeah, that might be the darkest part of the uh, <laughs> the whole movie there. But that, that you did not buy that moment though, where he as soon as he hears that. He snaps out of it and immediately starts blasting him away with his pistols. I I loved Peter's reaction mm. to that moment. Mm-hmm. I thought that that really worked for me. I did. I just didn't quite buy that as a plot point, but I liked how Peter. I mean, that would be Peter's response. He would just blast the shit out of him. Um, when they crushed his Walkman. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Oh, that's that's one. Like they took away all, like all the cool stuff. So like he, I guess the Milano's the gone. Milano's gone. Milano's yeah. gone. They crush his Walkman. He his helmet got destroyed. So it's like all of the oh, like, his cool so style much. trappings uh-huh. are kind yeah. of gone. That's at. brand new gear for uh, Volume Three. Oh yeah. yeah, we already got the next product placement. <laughs> that was so <laughs> this is a Zoom. <laughs> they did not need a call out Zoom like that, but the fact oh, that they I did makes it, it fucking precious. Three hundred something. <laughs> I love that. This is like making fun <laughs> of it. What everyone on earth is using. It's <laughs> called a Zoom. Like the the, the second time market for Zooms now is going to go huge because everyone's going to try to buy Zooms for Comic Con this year. Uh-huh. That's like true. everyone in one of the, yeah. Yeah, the Szechuan sauce after Rick and Morty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's this guy who's got a, just a closet full of zooms. He's like, yes. <laughs> my this day is has what come. For. I, honey, I told you if I held on to these. I'm sure it's like one of James Gunn's friends. Like, just please, man. <laughs> please, James, I please. sold on my Walkmans, really and try- I missed out on that opportunity. <laughs> really trying to make Zune work for me. Really trying to make Zune a thing. Oh, man. Yeah, it was really great. Because I imagine in Avengers Affinity War, when they actually come to Earth, there's got to be some payoff for he's going to get, he's going to find out Zoom's not where it's cracked up to be, and he's mm. got to get his he's gonna uh, upgrade. Yeah. I hope not. I hope it just stays Zoom. Yeah, that's actually a good point, because we're, so the next time we see them is going to be Infinity War, and you, you can imagine on some level James Gunn has some input, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the first time the Guardians are going to be in the hands of someone other than James Gunn. I mean... I'm curious to see how that's going to work because it's so his movie. Do we know who's directing Infinity War? The Russo brothers. Yeah. So it's okay. the, the they same. They directed uh, Civil War. Yeah. And uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And same writers, too. Mm-hmm. And, and to, be, to be fair, like, though that whole team has done a great job kind of bringing in other characters and doing it, you know, doing well. I think actually even Ant Man was better in Civil War than he was in his own movie. So they yeah. can do it. But this these characters feel the most particular to their creator. I'm really curious to see what that's going to be like. What, as someone who does not know much about the Infinity Gauntlet, all I know is that it's mysterious, and when I see something that people are like, oh, that's part of a bigger thing, I just go, Infinity Gauntlet, and it happens to be right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's happened. That's paid off for me it's like three times so far. It's a good card to play, so yeah. yeah. I'm just like, mm, yeah, Infinity Gauntlet, mm, Thanos, mm, mm, whatever. <laughs> what should I expect for from this story? Like, the, what's, what's coming? Well, Thanos is going to collect them all, put them on the gauntlet, 
and uh, at least in the in the which is like a giant ring, right? It looks what? like a giant ring. It's a glove. It's a giant glove. It's a glove. Yes. Remember at the end of uh, he goes, like, so you want something done, you got to take care of it yourself. And he puts oh on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Big, yeah. Big glove. So who he puts? What? It's all of those stones. He's right? gonna mm. put all the stones on there, and then at least in the miniseries, he goes out with uh, death and just to court her favor, he snaps his fingers, and half the people in the universe disappear. Is this death like Sandman death? No, the Marvel version of death, who is basically just like a skeleton with a, with a cloak on her head. Oh, is that? Yeah, don't we see her in the Thor trailer? That's Hella. Oh, she's scary looking. I don't have like any idea if they're going to use her for Mistress Death. Oh yeah, I don't know. They could. That's true. She has that line in the trailer where she kind of looks down and says, As- "Asgard is dead." It doesn't look like she's saying it in, in like a boastful way. It looks like she's like reporting to someone, "Asgard is dead." Yeah, and by all means, if you're gonna bring in Kate Clay- Blanchett to be a villain, bring her back again. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. She looks awesome. Uh-huh. In that. But the fact that they actually went and they gave her the cool Hella headdress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so she awesome. Cool. I don't know anything about her, but she looks I, very cool. I just don't know anything about her either, really. Really, it's cool. And cool. then Carl Urban's playing the executioner. Which, at least from the trailer, that one little snippet is based on a uh, on a, a Thor, a Waltz, a Walter Simonson Thor comic, which is one of the best ones, where you get to see the executioner basically stand up to all these uh, these living dead and just mowing him down. It's awesome. So. And Jeff Goldblum's character is is which guy? Game master, according <laughs> <Yeah>. to Trevor. Or Jeff Goldblum in space. This is right. space, space, Goldblum. space Goldblum. Space Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the collector's brother. The col- okay. Benicio oh, del Toro right. from the first yeah. Guardians who did the hands. Oh, okay. He reminded me. That's he reminded me. I wish everybody could see what you guys just did with your hands, <laughs> like tiny little strokes. Um, <laughs> Are we not doing phrasing anymore? No. <laughs> I, uh, I. He reminded me of Stanley Tucci's character in the Hunger Games in this trailer. Oh, that's a great idea. They should bring in Stanley Tucci. Is there? They have other brothers, the game master, the they, grandmaster. Damn it, Trevor! <laughs> they the do collector. and the collector. They have. They do have the champion, who's like a huge, big brute that's like a boxer. There's one Marvel two-in-one annual where uh, he boxes all these uh, super strong guys from the Marvel universe. So he ends up going finally against the thing, and the thing just won't quit. That's how he ends up winning against the champion. But he's another one of those. Is he a brother of theirs? Yeah, he is. Oh, because he's currently in the Thanos comics. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh-huh. there's another. He's another one. All right. A, well, let's, then Stanley Tucci should play him. Yeah, even, even if he's a giant character, <laughs> I don't care. It should still be the Tucci. Come on, he played a piano in Beauty and the Beast. He can play a champion. He can <laughs> he play it. anything. Yeah. Yes, that's the right. Tucci. He's <laughs> very versatile. There you go. Uh, speaking of other characters than Ed, I mean, James Gunn was talking about thinking about adding Adam Warlock, and we do get a nod to him in the in the post credit sequence. Do you think uh, he uh, restraint was the best uh, best use there? If he had added Adam Warlock in it, would it have just been like one one thing too many in this film. Explain who Adam I, Warlock is. Yeah, I don't know much about that, Adam that Warlock. That got a really deep inhale. Well, you were you. asking like, what's what's uh, what am I in store for for this Infinity Gauntlet? Uh-huh. Um, and when you're talking Thanos, maybe Infinity Gauntlet or otherwise, Adam Warlock usually plays a big part of that. He's basically the opposite of of Thanos. Like he's he's the one to truly oppose him. Like we were talking about, well, who who's gonna kill Thanos? I don't really any see anybody that can kill Thanos. Other than maybe Warlock, and even then, I don't, I don't see Warlock killing him, yeah. because there's too much of like a peer relationship between. They have an awesome relationship, um, but like he, he's huge. He's he's the opposite, and he's that powerful. We know that 
uh, Adam Warlock won't be in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, we we don't really know yet what the relationship is between Avengers three and four. If it's mm-hmm. a continuation or, or what, so maybe he'll be in by then. It's hard to know. Yeah, because I mean, I get if they if they had him in, it probably would have been too many characters. Yeah. Um, but if you had him in, you could have snuck him in the first uh, or Avengers three coming up, you know, and yeah. it would have been okay. So now it leads me to believe. Um, either they're going to change his character or the first Avengers is just going to be Thanos collecting all of the gems and then F- Avengers 4 is going to be him wielding the gauntlet. That could be, yeah. Cause, and, and Adam Warlock, I read a little bit about him. He possesses the soul gem. Soul gem. Which we haven't seen that yet in the MCU, right? I don't think so. Wait, which is the one that, um, sorry, which is the one the Vision has? Isn't that the mind, mind gem? gem. Yeah. yeah. How many gems are there right now in, I'm going to call it the MCU because it sounded really cool when you said it. How many have we seen in, in the films? Um, so the Tesseract is space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ether is... Power, re- right? Is it power? or no? Is that reality? Reality because the purple one was power. But yeah, purple one's power. It's a lot of peas. Did uh, you see regality? Re- no, reality. 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 The, re- the, re- the regality. Heard, that's oh. the regality. I'm like, because yes, it's a stone. <laughs> my stone. There should be a, a regality ghost. gem. Everyone, spooky royal ghost. Everyone gets so classy when they wield it. It's like, oh, what is this? Everyone's wearing top hats? This is amazing. Okay. So. Um, yeah, then the power uh, mind gem is inside the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we've seen four of them, right? And then, so what's left? It's the, uh, the soul gem and then... Time. Oh, time. time. We saw time in Doctor yeah. Strange. Doctor there's, Strange. Yeah, there's one left. So it's just the soul so. gem. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Cameron, Cameron's getting up to pee. He wanted to just, like, we like quietly like, share that message. Everyone's looking at him like, where are you this going? This is going to so. end up being, like, an eight-hour podcast <laughs> yeah. where we all just slowly drift out. <laughs> into into Wild just... speculation, guys. Yeah. Is Cameron going number one or number two right now? Well, he did specify We should set a timer. <laughs> <laughs> his should, message that he, he wrote to me here on his set phone. A timer. Yeah, but do you feel <laughs> like he would he would say that even if he really had to poop? Uh no, I feel like he'd say it. Do you think right. if he went and peed now and then later in the day he went and pooped, do you think the poop would live up to the first pee? <laughs> mm, I don't know. The bar the bar has been set so I or let's be honest, so low at this point, just given the conversation we're having. We've gone terribly off track. <laughs> uh, Soul Gem. Uh, uh, yeah, Soul Gem's Soul the last Gem. one. <laughs> Soul gem. Okay. And of course, it's gonna. I hear it's gonna appear in Black Panther, right? Oh, is it? I, that's oh. what I heard. I was like, it might as well appear with the dude who played James Brown, right? Yeah, the king that's of true. Soul. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Isn't the Godfather of Soul? Godfather King. Yeah. yeah, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, no, I, getting back, I feel like after Civil War, I feel like the Russos have a good track record of have, handling a large amount of characters. So, and even they, they did pretty good with Spider Man too. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like and, I, and you're right I feel like you know, they they would not do anything that uh, James Gunn didn't feel like he kind of gave his input on yeah and it, it seems like they're all pretty collaborative they are all kind of offering input here and there and supporting each other so I'm nervous about, I'm excited about what because I just I I had so much fun in these movies in the Guardians movies they're so and I I always leave being like man that was even better than I expected because I always go in for fun and then I'm like well I might have learned a little something like I they're so good and I'm just so nervous about what's going to happen when the characters are so they've become kind of like precious Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. me and I just I'm like worried about what's going to happen when you get so many of them on screen and I feel like 
no com- this was the this was the largest cast of characters that I have seen on screen it, it, with the best quality. Does that make, does that make no, sense? No, that's true. No, that's and fair. And I'm worried when you add these guys to all of the uh, when you bring together the stitch together the whole Marvel universe. I'm just, I don't know how you do it well. This isn't like a, I don't mean it to be a jab on the filmmakers. I don't know how, I don't know what the answer is as to like how you do that really well. And there seems like there's going to be so much shit going on. How do you balance all of these characters and feel like you're you're serving the character properly, but still like pushing along the story. I'm, I guess if you look yeah, at, I mean, do it? Civil War is our best roadmap to that, yeah. right? I mean, that's the the kind of the biggest movie they've made so far. And I think that the solution they showed in that was that the the characters who need to have real arcs get them, and what you do with everyone else is give them a moment to do something cool. Mm-hmm. And I guess in that regards, the Guardians are are good supporting characters because you can kind of put them into situations and they are so fleshed out and so engaging on their own that even if they only get a little bit of screen time and it's just there for them to be like awesome and kind of part of whatever the, the broader journey is, that that'll work. Like mm-hmm. I, I think they work really well when you can just kind of drop them in and let them be great and then you kind of move on and go somewhere else. Yeah. So I mean, that's the hope at least, that that's yeah. what they, they do. I think the best thing about crossovers, like especially that big, is seeing how characters from different comics interact with each other. So to see how Tony Stark and Peter Quill interact, to see how Drax and Hulk interact, to see these these combinations that you don't normally get to see, I think that's the fun thing about a crossover event like that. So I feel like those would be those cool moments that Chris was mentioning. And and, and in general, they're good about finding places to do that. I I think, again, this movie is a great example of that, that the pairings they did in general were really interesting and fun and made room for dynamic things to happen. It wasn't just the same shit over and over again. And there's a shitload of characters in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline itself, but they they give them like little cool moments to to, uh, shine because there's a moment where Adam Warlock walks over to the Hulk and Wolverine who are just sitting alone on the balcony. He's like, I wanted to talk to you guys because I know you guys are okay with killing. And, you know, and they say, if you, if you have to do it, if you see a moment, kill that fool because shit's about to get nuts. That's so if, if you could really just, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you better smoke <laughs> them fools for the block. <laughs> Question, though. First of all, I th- still think it's going to be really hard because we started a crossover with six people and we're already down to four. So mm-hmm. I don't know how well we're doing. Um, and they've got <laughs> I way think we've more gotten people. stronger. We've <laughs> 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 gotten stronger. Um, yeah, fuck you, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> and um, I. So, okay, but Wolverine is gone now, yeah? Well, he was always in the Fox side, so he was not going to be in one of the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying you could have these characters that deserve like their own movie and shit, but you could just put them in this larger ensemble and just give them their moment okay. without it feeling like too cluttered, you know? Yeah. We'll see. And they've got two films. <coughs> Good thing about that is now they... And they're going to be like three hours, right? Oh, my god! You feel like they're going to be... I mean, this was two hours and 16 minutes or something like that? Yeah, I think, yeah, a little over two hours. Yeah. So... And it didn't feel like it was like, oh my gosh. I, I, did, I mean, I know that some of the parts kind of dry, but I never felt at the end I was like looking at my watch going, oh, please, hurry up. Oh, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and even if like I thought that the, the middle was slow, it never felt like, can you please wrap this up? Like I was still enjoying it all the way through. I'm just oh, like, yeah. it, it, the first one for me was like this just brisk, fun, just crazy adventure. And this one just had a, a different structure. And that's actually a good thing they did it. It just maybe didn't click for me the first time around. I'll probably watch it again and. Listen back to this, like, Chris, you're wrong. <laughs> you're an idiot. Just shut uh, up. Get ready for, like, an Go addendum away. there. Yeah, a little. Yeah. Po- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember Chris Lord back gave him some second thoughts, a second opinion on this. Yeah. 
God, won't that be interesting? It's going to be like a new segment. It's like, Crystal Lord's second thoughts. Yeah, well, because uh, at least not with Lego Batman, but the last two, I've been like the voice of negativity. I'm, I've already established that reputation, apparently, so i got to stick to it now. That's right. <laughs> You're very much the Simon Cowell of this podcast. I don't know how to take that, actually. He's still a thing. He's still a thing? He still, thing? He still, he still is. A thing? America's Got Talent. Wait, is he on? I no, he's know. not on America. Yeah, After Howard Stern left, he took over. Oh, did he really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is he still on Britain's Got Talent? I No, he left that just to do, because America's where it's at. Yeah. Reintroducing mm-hmm. Cameron. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares hey, about Hey, I'm back, guys. Hey. <laughs> Bathroom on is pretty short. All right, yeah. guys, another right. wild speculation. Did Cameron wash his hands? I did. <laughs> I did nope. indeed. You're going to let us all smell them, and we're, we're going to just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just suck on one of the fingers. I, mean. no, I think it's crossing Cameron, those smell like balls. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So what are we talking about, guys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I mean, the nice thing about this is that James Gunn has already said that he's going to be doing Guardians 3. So whenever exactly oh, that lines good. up coming out. But, I mean, this is the nice thing. Uh, out of all the films, I mean, this is going to be a one that's, at least if it's only a trilogy, mm-hmm. who knows if they'll do more after that, but, I mean, that you've got one true auteur over one set of characters there in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, and I think that's healthy going forward if they want these um, directors to kind of maintain, uh, like, a thematic feel. Because, I mean, we've talked about how Thor's changed so much, and Captain America from the first to the second one changed so much. But James Gunn's vision was so unique and so influential on the Guardians movies that I would I wouldn't want anybody else to do a Guardians movie, you know, especially not number three. Mm. No, yeah, I, I and yeah, you're right. This will be the first time that someone has done their entire trilogy mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe, and they seem to be getting in this Marvel universe. In this Marvel universe, they're yes, still the, they're still the Spider Mans. Yeah. Spider Man, yeah. all the. Because I'm sure we also yeah. thought the same thing after Spider Man Two. Like, there's no one else. Yeah, we would ever want to finish this series with. <laughs> Boy, were we wrong. Oh, for God. sure. But no. I feel like I don't think history is going to repeat itself with this one. No, I, I, I think, if anything, Marvel's proven that they have a lot of confidence in what they're doing. And they haven't, I don't think they've done a single bad movie, period. Mm-hmm. And I think that even the more recent stuff is maybe less exciting. It's still been really good. And yeah. they seem to oh, have yeah. a lot of faith in their creatives. Um, yeah, it's I mean. Trevor's song, by the way. Yeah. I was oh, it is Trevor's Trevor. Trevor song. <laughs> Go, Trevor. Um, actually, Guys, no, Trevor boo, died boo at the Trevor. beginning of this podcast, <laughs> yeah. and we are having a Ravager funeral for him. <laughs> <laughs> he stole he your stole funeral. He stole my thing. Yeah. No. Oh, it's classic guy. Trevor. Oh, that guy. Even, now, now even in death. <laughs> now we found the thing that's going to break up our version of the, ga- uh, the Guardians the here. Guardians. It's, he stole your song. Oh, <laughs> it's over for all of us. How dare he? Yeah. Next, he's going to be playing Brandy. I'm just gonna. I mean, he's a fine girl. So, (laughs) as we speak about Spider Man, this came up on my Instagram feed today, and I don't know anybody that really would ever consider buying this. Uh, I'll just show this to the room. Oh, it is a uh, what? A a print that you can buy with uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and uh, whatever his name is. Tom, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Is that a sponsor? uh, Yep, all in their Spider Man costumes, of course, with their masks off. So, uh, I don't know who. Is going to be having that on their wall. <laughs> Who? It has fifty-four likes. Um, it won't be on my wall, but it will be on my ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these monsters? Hey, you know they could bring those dudes back if they did like a Spider Verse movie. You don't have them play those Spider. You could have them play like Spider Knight or fucking. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's I don't put it past Sony to make a decision like that. So. And, and Sony if, and if has that its own now, watcher. And you've put that into the universe now. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. I mean, everyone is everyone's still kind of back in the, the Donald Glover 
uh, Miles Morales. So that's the chance. That's right. Look at that. Uh, he yeah. seems too old to play Miles Morales yeah. now, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he, they are, they're making an animated movie about it, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. he voiced it in the most recent Spider-Man cartoon series. Only for he one was, episode, uh, though. Yeah. But he's going to do it in the film. Yay. I love so. Donald Glover, yeah. and I love Miles Morales, but I also think he's a little old to play. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's not the voice of uh, Miles Morales in the animated feature they're doing. Isn't it's, he? No, it's somebody, somebody else. I can't remember who. It's really? not him. And he has a role in Spider-Man Homecoming, but clearly mm-hmm. it won't be as Miles oh, Morales. I mean, he's not going to be in the... Um, he's, he's, but he's doing the voice for the animated film, though. The, the, no, the I, don't, I don't think so. No, I thought it was somebody right else. Now, somebody I could, listening I to look. this is screaming the right There's answer. There's a battle going on. There's a phone <laughs> no, battle. All right, we're gonna Thumbs are moving at the speed of light. <laughs> who will solve this murder? Place your bets now, folks. Team Frank, Team Chris. Frank's fingers are literally bleeding. Chris seems to stumble. Uh, wait, hang on. And hang on. I found it. Uh, Frank oh, looks like he's oh. texting. Shamik Moore. No! Oh, and Frank down for the count. What is what is he doing? Tears done? of fury. <laughs> oh, the get down dope. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. Anyways, but no, it won't it won't be. Well, the, I boy, I boycott this film. <laughs> <laughs> no childish Gambino for you. Whatever. How dare he? All right. Just have oh, to wait for Spider-Man to come out. God. <laughs> All right, so after the high of this, we have our next film in our lineup is going to be Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's in like next. two weeks, right? Well, <laughs> June 2nd. They, they have not been promoting it, and they just uh, put an ad out that was like tickets, and you get a thing. This is discouraging, guys. It's like a Think Thin bar. Okay. It. It's oh, like a women's on. protein, but like, like, hey, I'd wanna be like, want protein, but be skinny. And I find it very, I, I find it very insulting, and I took it personally. Buy and a I ticket, shouldn't. and my uh, my friend Bill will squeeze it's your like, cans. There's like a weird <laughs> on us, please, on us. There's just like a weird. I'm like, what? A, you guys, you haven't been promoting this movie even a little bit, which always makes me concerned mm. because whenever I see a movie with a ton of money behind it with good talent and a like decent director and then it doesn't have any promo at all. I'm like, uh-oh. And then you go and see it anyway and you're like, well, now I see. Yeah. Now I see why. So I'm a little worried about it. Um, but yeah, there was this, I'll look it up on my tiny computer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh, they should have promoted the fuck out of it. Like, the first DC movie not directed by Zack Snyder. You oh. guys are going to want to see this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's her first theatrical film mm-hmm. ever. This is a, a big deal. It is, yeah, very much so. And it, it being outshined by Cars 3 right now. Ugh. That, that, that trailer for that film looks so weird to me. It's like it's taking such a left turn in this franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I, I've brought this up before. I just, so it's, I think it's going to be about like the transition from gas powered to electric powered. And all I want, the only reason I'm going to see that film is so I can see a Cars version of Elon Musk. <laughs> if that's not in the movie, I'm going to walk out disappointed. So, yeah, it's basically, so yeah, Wonder Woman partnered with Think Thin. So there are all of these tweets on online of people that are just like, really? Like, you've got this, that's, she's all we've had. She's Ugh. the only one we've had who's like strong and awesome, and they're like, um, ladies, think thin and go see Wonder Woman. You're like, I hate you. What is stupid? And this is basically all of these articles that are basically just like, um, and it's like there's a tweet that's like, um, uh, this enraged me. Male characters marketed to Helen back. Wonder Woman on a diet bar called Think Thin. Unacceptable. Like, just people that are just pissed. And I get it because it's like, 
make smart choices with your marketing. Like, can we not? I mean, it's a terrible. It would be terrible for like any female-driven film to have mm-hmm. a partnership with that. But especially Wonder Woman, who's always like that's never been a thing with her, right? That she's right. just awesome and badass, and it's never like, oh, she's got to be so thin and fit. Like, yeah. That's not. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are probably listening to this and being like, what's the big deal? Because I know they do partnerships all the time with. But it's like this is the one you pick. What's the message? Like, promoting the movie, and this is the product that you choose to partner with. Is like something called Think Thin. It's just it's it's. Super, well, it's what, a super what bummer. Flavor, what flavor barley? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called um, it's called embrace the patriarchy and hate yourself. Oh, oh nice. Oh, is that the <laughs> commercial where uh, uh, Kendall Jenner walks up to the cop and then hands him a think thin <laughs> yeah, bar? Yeah, yeah, think uh-huh. thin bar. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. one same okay. same company, mm. same company. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, if it's that cr- crunchy peanut butter, I enjoy that flavor. So <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all there. Well, all, you're looking in. very svelte around the hips. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, thank you. That must be it. I'm well, ready to have a baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Hmm? What? <laughs> yeah. no? Is that how it works? I can't. I can't. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot of work to do, Frank. Fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting. I I want it to be good. I genuinely do. Uh, I just don't have the highest hopes, but hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's classic Simon Cowling. That That's just right <laughs> now. Um, yeah. So that'll be that'll be our next one. That will be it. So uh, any final thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? See it and have so much fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy every fucking second of it because literally from the time it starts to the fucking last credit, it's amazing. Yeah, despite what I said earlier, it is a fun film, guys, and you should go see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I want to apologize because if you haven't seen it yet and listening to this podcast, we kind of just ruined the whole thing. Oh, yeah, hey, spoilers, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah, they spoilers. We forgot Spoiler, to say right? that. We're going to put that in right now. Yeah, That's yeah, true. Yeah. Yes. Put it in. Uh, Trevor, how about you? Oh, I thought it was great. Oh, oh. oh wow. Trevor's been, Trevor's just a, a mop with googly eyes. That's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> just been replaced. <laughs> well, and glasses. And, gla- and yeah. glasses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just going to selfishly hijack this moment here for the, for the podcast because we, we didn't we didn't talk about it because it didn't qualify as a superhero film. But uh, Fate of the Furious came out. I know Cameron's oh, a huge fan. Uh-huh. God, it was Cameron, so good. real quick, what did you think? <laughs> quickly, I loved it. We oh gave man, an we open dragged mic. Chris along. Yes, and it was such a one. We so we had a game that we played in the theater, and we uh, everyone around us hated us for this, but we were counting <laughs> how many times this had family in the movie, and like chug chug. What was the final count? We all had different numbers. Yeah, okay, real quick, how many times do you think they said it in the movie? Twenty-seven. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess thirty-two. Okay. Chris? I'm going to go low and say 18. Okay, that's funny you said that, because I my guess was also 18 for purely the reason that it had eight. Both of them had eight, and then, like, <laughs> stuff like that. That's uh-huh. something they would do. Uh-huh. It was 16. Ooh. Oh. Like, Are you counting fam? Because that's another word for uh, family. I, I don't, don't know if you guys know that. I don't know if they actually said it or not, but I'm sure we would have counted it. If, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Guys. Because so we so counted so. family and familia, because it's the two they said the most. Um, <laughs> what about famille? Uh, I don't think they. I don't think they get into that hip lingo. <laughs> what about film. bro? Do they? Do they give a lot of bros? No, bros we, we didn't. Not, we didn't count bro. <laughs> just, just family. Anyone can say it. But we were having like celebrations in our seats <laughs> every time they said it, and I could just feel everyone around us like these fucking. We were those guys in the theater, <laughs> <laughs> and it made the experience so much more enjoyable for us. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Yeah, what man. did you think of it, Frank? I, I on a quick note, I, I feel like between I, I, what they set up here, I'm hopefully nine and ten kind of explain it because just the way that they were able to so quickly say like, "Hey, Jason Statham, yeah, we know you murdered one of our family." And sure, we set up a little bit that you know you were also protecting your family, but it still feels weird that they're all like, 
man, we're just working together. We're going to save the day. Like, <laughs> it's gonna... That seems so weird to me. Yeah. And that uh, also, if you're setting up that Brian is still alive in this universe. I, that's what I'm excited for the most is the excuses. Yeah, Brian can't do it. He's, he's got to take his kid to, to preschool. He's doing his taxes. <laughs> I guess so. But like, like at the every end, movie. where they're all together on, on top of the building, he could have just been in the background. Right. You didn't, he didn't need to say a line of dialogue or anything, but just like, oh, yeah, the family gets together because they can hang out still when they're not on weird missions. But I don't know. Uh, How about that? Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, do we care about spoiling Fast the Fate of the Furious? Spoilers, guys, for Fate of the Furious. Okay, yeah, because yeah, no. I, what I think is so funny is that uh, Dom's kid is named Brian, so they're pretending, like, you don't, you just, do you, uh, do you just name your kid after your brother-in-law, just randomly? Best man I know. Yeah, despite the fact that he's yeah. not actually dead, like, <laughs> they treat him uh, like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it. But I guess if they would have called him Paul, it would have been too weird, I guess. Well, yeah, they're still Han. Everyone is complaining about this. Yeah. Han did die in that franchise. That's right. By the guy who brought the baby in. That very, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was speaking of that, like, I feel like uh, Elsa or has, like, the like one of the weakest characters. She's so poorly treated Charlotte in this Charlotte's well, throne? No, um, uh, Chris Hemsworth's wife. Oh, yes. All right. The one who got shot. Yes. And like, there's a reason she got shot. Like, that, that character's been so poorly serviced in all these films that she's been in. Is it because she didn't have enough Think Thin Bars? <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's exactly <laughs> why. She had, she had a bad uh, franchise partner. Yeah. Uh, how about that steamy uh, steamy on-screen chemistry between Vin Diesel and Charlize Theron? That was beautiful. Uh, just, uh, I could feel the heat. I mean, I, I, it's not, though, as good as watching Michelle Rodriguez have to pretend to be attracted to Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> And do we like the addition of Scott Eastwood to kind of fill that Paul Walker vacuum? Did this just I become mean, a full-on Fate of the Serious <laughs> podcast? Yeah, just asking. I think I was hijacking. Is it just like completely... Or it's a two-part podcast. That's right. Oh, great. <laughs> like, and for our third hour... Trevor's going to come back like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you left. You left. You don't get a say. We You're were talking on. Beauty and the Beast of our part four of the podcast. <laughs> but Because I, I, I originally read that uh, uh, Kurt Russell was supposed to be Paul Walker's dad. But mm-hmm. then when he got... But it happened with Paul Walker, then they had to change it. So now he's just Scott. He's, he's Peter Quill's dad. That's right. He had to go be, be Peter Quill's dad. Yeah. Way to bring it back around. From that's right. <laughs> there you go. Brought it back. That was All right, that, that was our little. That was a little fate of the furious tangent right there. Yeah, I, I was excited. I knew Cameron was going to be. I wanted to chat. Oh, I'm sure that's because we didn't get to talk about it very much on our podcast. We should just start. Chris refused. We, we didn't get to <laughs> talk about it too much. <laughs> the irony, of course, is I actually brought it up on our podcast. You didn't. You did. That's yeah. True. Uh, we should start scheduling podcasts to talk with Cameron about these movies that we think he's just going to be delighted about that Chris is going to hate discussing. Oh man, uh, you want to talk? You want to talk? Uh, Boss Baby, I got you. Uh, yes, uh, I, I got you. I will say, I did see Alien Covenant. That's right, you did. Oh. I did. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it out already, or did you? Uh, I got a little get, early. It was nice. 19. LA. Damn it! How was Kenny Powers? He was actually really good. Yeah, okay. He right. was he was good. And if you want if you love Xenomorph, then you'll be happy with this movie. But if you're interested in like just following like logic that the first film tries to set up, then, well, what the fuck, yeah. Prometheus? You I know. confuse everybody. That's right. We uh, found a, you found a way to bring it back around, <laughs> and then you went off again. <laughs> but you know what? It, it takes place in the in the cold, dark reaches of space. Mm, keep pulling. Oh, kind of <laughs> like Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Uh, to to loop it back into Guardians yes. really quick. Uh, I was at Disneyland today. The Guardians ride comes out uh, May twenty. It opens May twenty sixth. Noise for everyone in LA and for not go to Disneyland. Uh, but in this movie, there were moments where I was like, so it was in the back of my head, where like Rocket and them are uh, when they're flying through the asteroid belt. I'm like, this would be a pretty cool ride, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm very curious. We'll I'll, we'll probably bring it up on our podcast uh, what the ride is going to be about. 
but yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm, when, when are they opening that? May 26th. Way to listen to what Cameron was saying. Uh, <laughs> this is actually really exciting. I just got uh, somebody that I know just text to let us know that he just subscribed to our podcast. Oh, well, okay. So that. it's relevant because it's relevant to the podcast. It's podcast related. <laughs> it I'm, not answering, podcast. I'm not answering <laughs> the text from my poor dad who's like, are you up for a call? And I'm like, I can't because it's not fun. But this one it was a picture of our icon. Nice. May 29th, you say. 26. There you go. 26. Damn it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Flip it over. It's fine. I'm sorry. Uh, are we still going to try to solicit uh, Cameron to design us a new logo? Yes. Oh, God, yeah, you should Cameron. do that, Cameron. Yeah, now that we're putting the pressure on. If you're not on, peeing all the time. <laughs> I, <laughs> <you know>? I, <laughs> I can uh, bring my laptop into the bathroom. <laughs> oh, haven't we all? Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, way to put him on the spot now no, that he like, has no choice. So, no, no, guys, he, uh, no, everybody he, listening. Of course we're going to compensate him, of course, well, of course, if he's interested. Of we're not going to force him to. I'm just saying. You guys, though, listen, you should check out Cam- now, Cameron. I've known you now for a little while, mm-hmm. and I just discovered your amazing Instagram and your awesome art. So oh, I'm so super much. fangirling over Cameron's art. Uh, everybody should check it out. Cameron, what's your handle? Uh, Cameron.dexter. Yes, check it out. He does these amazing. Um, most most of the ones that I've seen are Disney inspired, mm-hmm. but they're beautiful animations. Uh, and when um, the Novice and Frank gets its new logo <laughs> that Cameron will not aside for us, uh, check that out too. Well, you know, Cameron just does do that. He also does an amazing podcast called uh, Tim Talk. I thought What's for a called? second you legitimately forgot <laughs> yeah. it, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not helping you. No, no. No, I, th- I thought you were like leaving the window open for, yes. for Cameron to jump in and, and talk about his own podcast, yeah. but I'll, I'll do that. It's, yeah. Yes, it's, so, Chris, and Cameron, Chris and Cameron do Tim Talk. Yeah, Tim Talk. So it's all about the, uh, the DC animated universe, uh, starting with Batman animated series. We just got through season one. We just recorded uh, Mask of the Phantasm, which will be our next episode up. Nice. Oh. Yeah, it was uh, any excuse to go watch that movie. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was great, and then we'll be moving on to Superman, and then going all the way through Static Shock, Zeta Project, eventually into Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Uh, quick sidebar on that: Which design of the Joker do you like better, the uh, Batman the animated series or the new Batman Adventures? Um, well, technically, there's also the third one with Justice League, which is kind of like a, a, a bit of in between. I I'm just in general more partial to the new Batman Adventure design of everything. So. I agree. Oh, I'm gonna go the other route. I really? Like, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I I like the like I I really like the sleekness and like the a little more minimal style of New Batman Adventures. But I don't know. There's just something that's so iconic about this version of or the Batman animated series version of uh, the Joker that just kind of resonates with you me. You don't have to defend your opinion. It's okay. No, it, we, I, no, 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 no. He he must defend his yes. opinions because they're often terrible. <laughs> what? Oh, you guys, quite the pair. <laughs> Uh, and we've got another guest podcast. You want yes, yes. Um, I'm Chris Fembres. And I'm Trevor Reed. Oh, <laughs> mop with googly eyes. Classic you. And uh, we do the podcast of two worlds, all about Flash. We go over the TV show, Jeff Johns' run, uh, and the Flash comics we're going over right now. And uh, we mix a little bit, a little bit of everything in there. Um, some some fan talk, some erotic talk. Oh, I like that. Ooh, erotic. So, Chris, the the revelation that Savitar, for those of you who have been not maybe not caught up, but I will spoiler spoiler alert spoiler that Savitar is just a, a time remnant of of Barry. Mm-hmm. Great reveal, terrible reveal. Eh, it would have been better if he was uh, if. The reveal that Barry was an evil speedster, I think if it would have came with Zoom last year, it would have been a little more impactful. Um, there was a lot of hints, uh, and you kind of got, you felt it. I mean, there's some couple episodes left, so maybe he could do something to solidify himself as as being worthy as as a main villain of a season. 
Do you never want? I, I, me personally, I never want to see a speedster as a main villain. Never. Again. It should have been the Rogues Gallery this whole season. They should have just been developing the Rogues, their connection to the city, and then have a big final battle against Barry. I agree. Look at that. Mm. And uh, Randa, are, do you, are you do a podcast? I do do a podcast. Thank you so much for asking. Mm-hmm. Okay, what podcast? Do you um, do? I do a podcast <laughs> called The Novice and Frank. It's oh a God, comic book podcast. Uh, I do it with this guy named Frank. Who oh, he's a jerk. I know, but you know what? I love him in spite of himself. Oh. Sometimes. <laughs> He keeps changing the subject, and the podcasts don't end <laughs> <laughs> ever. But he's all uh, hopped up on thin bars. He's That's super right. hopped up on thin bars. <laughs> it's his svelte figure. Um, but yeah, you can uh, you can check out that podcast on iTunes or Podbean. Uh, we're part of the Nerd School Network. Look we at that. We keep good company, and uh, you can suggest comic whatever you want us to talk about. We'll talk about it. if you tweet at us um, at Comic Book Novice on Twitter or Instagram, or they can email us. That's true. Yeah, or you could just walk over to wherever we are at any particular moment. Yeah, yeah. Use your Spidey <laughs> senses and come yes. find us. We're probably in your neighborhood pie shop. That's true. There That's you right. go. Um, if you don't want to talk to me and you only want to talk to Frank, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, you can find him at a Happy Go Jackie. That's true. Look at all the pictures of food that I eat, mm-hmm. or you know, stuff that I do. Yeah. <laughs> all, <laughs> stuff, all that stuff. stuff that I do. That's so right. Check it out. So please, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this has been another epic uh, Nerd School Network crossover podcast um, recording, and you can maybe hear Trevor saying goodbye in the background if you listen closely enough. <laughs> uh, and w- are we going to sing ourselves out? I, I think we have to. That's yeah, right, right? Yeah, there you to. go. Yeah, otherwise, then we'll never know the podcast is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I love you, but I got to go. We're like the Cheers characters up in the space of sky. To make sure I don't come back to you, going to put some cancer in your brain. Brought up cancer in the closing theme song because it got real dark. But we've been working together and having a great time. Chris Lord Solo! Sailor say Brandy! <laughs> You're a fine girl! What a good wife you would be! But my life, my love of my lady. And Trevor's a cock sucking piece of shit. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today with Tim Talk. In the podcast of two worlds and the novice and, and Frank. Frank. Close it out, Cameron. Boodoo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good night. Oh, God.